Well, it's our final downtime, everybody. This is happening between December 12th and December 17th, inclusive. And unlike normal, when, you know, we would just, I'd ask who goes first, uh, things are going to work a bit differently this time. Because for one thing, everybody is starting in the same place. We are rejoining our heroes in the Spring Court Guild Hall as they receive treatment for the awful shit what happened to them last time. For getting body horrored. <laughs> yes. If I could have, like, that... I'm Okay, out of character, I don't know... Or in character, I don't know his name. Out of character. If I could have, like, Scab come and remove, like, the last hunt entirely out of my brain, that would be great. That would be super. That would save me a lot of therapy. Rip. <laughs> no, I've but already decided that? that if if Grant lives, he's probably going to have to go through therapy for that. Because he had to see Steiner's Ballywhacker. <laughs> would you believe that I have had thoughts about which one of my player characters would get therapy first? And I think I picked Grant. Yeah, no, Grant would definitely be like, at, assuming he lives through the end of the world, uh, he will probably be getting therapy as soon as he gets back to New York. Are there, like, magic-inclusive therapists? I'm sure there's one in New York. Th- there's, I mean, uh, the Ravens have to have that kind of thing in network. You get to go to fucking Vermont to see the therapist. <laughs> uh, so, rather than just jumping straight into an event, uh, everybody, you... Well, it's difficult to exactly track night and day here in the Wilds, but Magpie's been in and out of the guild hall because she wasn't injured too, too bad. She didn't need any sort of recovery, so she's been keeping track of time. And it's on this particular return that Grant, your treatment finishes first winds up being pretty easy for the uh, biomancers here in the guild hall to stabilize your internal organs inside your body. Yeah, they're already all in the right place. It's just making sure that they don't want to be in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, they, they worked one at a time. So there was a moment where you felt that one of them was about to pop out, and as soon as you voiced any complaints, you were just put to sleep for a bit. (laughs) Steiner, you were never put to sleep, so you can tell me if you got to see the bit where Grant's liver just kind of uh, flowed out of his torso onto the table beside him and was just kind of left there for a bit while I worked on other things. Kind of wish I hadn't. So it, Grant, you, Ashley, and the two DHEA guys that were there are the ones who finish first. And Ashley and 
her men are asked if they are willing to sign NDAs on this. And they all three were curious enough to just immediately say yes, because it's all three their first times in the Feywilds. So they were piloted, not literally, they, they weren't like puppeteered by wizards, but they were maneuvered to sign away their rights to discuss any of what they see with anyone. And then they got unblindfolded and got to enjoy the wonders of the biomancy labs for a few minutes until all of you were just kind of shuffled out. Yeah, this place is weird, right? Roxanne, you were the second to wake up because it took them longer to fill the literal gaping hole in your chest. They had to work a bit slower on account of having to keep you alive at the same time. Yeah, it's fine. However, when you were finally woken up post-surgery, you feel incredible. You, f you feel like you have control over yourself in a way that you haven't in maybe your whole life? That's concerning, actually. <laughs> things aren't- things don't go well. Things aren't supposed to be good. Things feel good for you right now. You feel together, you feel like you, you know your purpose and you're great at doing it, so you're gonna be great at doing it going forward and you feel like if you've lived through this if you want to change your purpose you you could do that you feel physically emotionally spiritually existentially real fucking good today what the fuck all right not sure how to take this information. Like, shit. World's ending in a couple days, but I feel great. <laughs> well, horse, my world, horse, world might end in a couple days, but I feel great. Yeah. Of course, you aren't allowed to just hang out down here in the guild hall for as long as you like, so you are shuffled off at some point. I already signed the NDA. Yeah, it's you did, fine. when you came down here to deal with the Starcross Parasites. The little team is good to go. However, Steiner, your situation is considerably more complex than anybody else's, so... Hey. You're gonna have to stay down here for a bit. Hmm. Do you want me to bring you anything, Steiner? Before I'm shuffled out of here? Blah, 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 blah. I was trying to test my attenuation. <laughs> I know it works better if somebody else talks okay. while you are already talking. Okay. So somebody okay. else would need to blah 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 on top okay. of you. I, you want me I, to I, talk sorry. over Colin yeah. like this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please talk over me. I, I, not like you don't do that enough what already. What do you mean? I, I, I know, right? Talk over I, you, Colin. <laughs> 
Did it work? It seems to have. Okay. All right. Continue. I apologize. <laughs> Christ. I'm not even making that into a bonus thing. I'm just keeping that in. <laughs> Anyways, Steiner. You have been provided with a, a hospital gown, so you're just not walking around with your dick out the whole time. Nobody else needs to see that. <laughs> Let's count the number of people who saw my ding-dong. That's not actually, I don't want to do that. Okay. I was actually about to start, but uh, you've asked me <laughs> not to. <laughs> I don't actually care. Like, Grant definitely did. Yep. Yeah, Grant also doesn't care. I don't know if your power armor has a cup. I It has to, because I made a joke about it being pretty uncomfortable, because this was definitely designed to be worn over pants. <laughs> also, that's an area I would absolutely protect. <laughs> then it's everybody who participated in that last fight, except for Magpie and the two DHEA guys. Okay. I'm glad the two DHEA guys didn't see. <laughs> Christ. Um, but, 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 your, your recovery process is, uh, is, is going to be passive but they want to keep you here in case they have to make any adjustments. They say that it took shouldn't take any more than like two days for so you to be good to go. Is this something you've seen before? Has this happened? No, but we are exceptionally experienced down here in uh, modifying individuals' physical forms. Well, uh, you're at least getting good data out of this. If, I mean, I have to be subjected to it. I would look like rather something positive coming out of the entire ordeal. Oh, we have been taking readings, yes. We were going to ask you while you were leaving if it was okay for us to take them. No, I, I appreciate that the knowledge is being gained at least. Very good. That whole scenario is a nightmare, so if something positive comes out of it, that's, well, hopefully positive. I don't think about it. I don't really... Like, the one experience I have with you is the time you resurrected uh, an, an extinct species of death worm. So... Uh, that is... was not my department in particular. Well, I didn't mean you specifically, but yeah. Yes. So, Steiner, you, uh, you've are essentially given free roam of the laboratory space, except for the, like, hyper-top-secret no-one-but-the-royals-and-the-people-on-these-particular-projects-are-allowed-back-here areas. Right. You can remove the two harm I had. Yes, if, if anybody still has any harm left over or instability markers, you can get rid of all that shit. Will do. Hmm. Not exactly... Not exactly knowledgeable in any way on flesh magic. Um... Hmm. 
suppose a basic. I suppose I could. If there's anywhere to learn, this would be the place. And I'm stuck here for a few days, so. Make hay while the sun shines, as the saying goes. Gonna just wander around for a bit, see what you can see, learn what you can learn. Yeah. Alright. Well, again, you aren't let into the back rooms, but... The, the, the first interesting thing you managed to run across is... So, the, the spring court is the one where it's like, everybody's an elf, except for the weird animal people. The elves make the weird animal people. Well, you, uh, you wind up finding your way into a segmented room where there's uh, lots of biomancers standing around taking readings, and then behind glass there is one of these hybrids. But it's different from all the others you've seen so far. I, I didn't really call it out at the time, but you might have noticed of all the hybrids that you've met so far, they're all mammal hybrids. Okay. So Blackbird didn't come from here. No. Isn't Blackbird a tulpa? Didn't we didn't we determine that? I don't yes. know things. My memory is like a big block of Swiss cheese. True, fair. But the one who's behind glass right now and seems to be being studied and poked at having spells cast on them that you don't quite know the purpose of is an insect hybrid. They're grass rooting their own common writer. Looks like a praying mantis girl. I was so certain you were going to say mantis man for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one mantis man. There will never be it any more than one mantis man in my heart, if not in <laughs> canon. <laughs> Internet should definitely not be left to have that. <laughs> so, do you, uh, do you do anything? I'll just find, like, somebody who looks important in this room, I guess. I guess, like, whoever the others look nervous around. You know how to find some. You know how to find the most important person in the room. See who's everybody is like walking on eggshells around. Okay. Okay. So that, that's not difficult to figure out. You're you're used to working in laboratory spaces. I don't think that kind of thing takes a role. He's an elf, as they fucking all are down here. And he's wearing a forest green lab coat robe combo. Yeah, hello. I'm familiar. Um, pardon me. Uh, I could have a moment of your time. If you are not busy. Ah, yes. I need checks a few things, turns back to you. I have a few free minutes. I'm just. I'm just curious about a few things. Um, I spent uh, a few hours kind of 
being forcibly turned into a homunculus. Oh, you are that case. Yes, yes. Hello. Are our treatments working? They seem to be. I feel more like myself. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, uh, well, I have not introduced uh, myself. I am uh, Dr. Steiner. I do not have a title, I suppose, aside from Biomancer, but I am Jurgen. Jurgen Star. Pleasure to meet you. Is it, um, do you prefer Mr. or just Star or just Jurgen? Call me as you like. Mr. Star, then? Certainly. Um, so, and curious, uh, as to the sort, so, I am, I'm, well, I'm making an assumption that these are, uh, hybrid beings. Yes, yes. And that these are the the results I've seen walking around. So I'm just curious, uh, they are elf uh, animal hybrids. So I'm curious about the source of the elf um, portion. Is it a donation? Is it a living volunteer? Is it just... No, no. We, we do not turn our own people into these things. Ah, okay. So a tissue sample? It is more that we have a... a base. An elven base. Yeah, thank you for standing. No. What? Well, this is not... this is a big elven base, right? <laughs> I would tell you to fuck off, but I need you here. Okay. <laughs> we have devised a sort of... platonic elven form that we will keep in a jar, that we can copy it and then fuse it with whatever we like. So, uh, ah, we have actually a term for that. We call it a pair type. So it's just a representation of, well, what would define a species? Like in your case, it would be ears, a number of things. Um, and like a species of butterfly would define, you know, the Pacific color, like this is an outstanding example of the species. The, I'm wasting time. You understand what I mean, I'm sure. Oh, butterflies. We should do that next. And he writes something down on a clipboard that he's holding. So, the point I was getting at is if you're just working from, I suppose, raw genetic code. So there's no... I just went through a really bad experience, so I'm just... I was wanted, I just didn't want it happening to anyone else. So, there's no... person being harmed in this. No, no transformations are happening. They are grown from the ground up. So do you grow them... Well, um, I guess... Uh, if they're fully formed, do... Do you put implant memories in them, or is it a plank slate thing and they have to learn? Oh, they are not formed at adulthood. At least not the experimental ones. He he says, motioning at the one behind glass. Once we have completed a final prototype, any subsequent creations are braided at infancy. Okay, so uh, let me see if I understand. You create... Basically, the, um, the pair type of a new species, a new hybrid. Uh, and then you, I would imagine, pull the DNA from that, apply 
enough variance for it to be its own individual person rather than just a copy, um, and then just you've created a new life. He's nodding along as you're saying all of this, like, yes, yes, you've got it, you've got it. It's absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Was this just a see if you can do it thing and you've just kept doing it, or was there a need for these hybrids at some point? Neither. Well, need is a funny word for this project. There is a... It was a mandate from our king. This is the spring court. Spring is the season of new life, of vibrancy, of reproduction. So the king felt it would be in the best interests of the court to reflect that, and we were for ages quite homogenous here. And so the this project was begun to break that homogeny, introduce vibrancy to our population. I did notice that the other courts have a number of different species, so this is just to, well, as you said, introduce variants. Hmm. So. <laughs> So, um, I, I know this isn't, like, what actually... Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But what I am imagining in my head is, like, the Spring Court King looked at other kingdoms and, like, they've got rabbit people! Bring me a rabbit person! <laughs> I want to fuck a rabbit lady! Well, see, the, the funny thing is, is that the rabbit girl and the snake girl at the Winter Court are immigrants from the Spring Court. Oh, well, then he got a hold of the That's internet. Right. Scientists. All the scientists <laughs> come from the spring court. <laughs> listen, I just... Okay, listen, I just got a hold of this thing called anime. I need you. You fucking... You listening? Look at me. Look at me here. Look at your king. I need you to put cat ears on people. I need <laughs> you to put cat ears on people. The Britoners have this amazing stage Behind play called cat. cat Planet Cuties. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't. God, how long is it? How long has that been a thing? <laughs> See, but I was gonna. My joke line, because we were talking about bunny girls, was that the King of Spring saw Space Jam and wanted one for himself. Yeah, but then, like, years down the line, they, they make her tit smaller and he's not interested anymore. They actually didn't. Like, I know all. they didn't. I know they didn't. But I'm making Stop a joke. Stop perpetuating that bullshit. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Fuck off. Anyways. <laughs> that was some premium nonsense. <sighs> um, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to indulge my curiosities. I thank you. I have... I just wanted to be sure that no, no unethical treatment was being carried out here, but I've learned quite a bit, and I appreciate that. Always happy to promote the spread of knowledge. 
Also, after you get done with the butterfly person, maybe try crabs? Crabs, you say? Hmm. Hmm. Are crabs insects? They are arthropods. It shouldn't be too much of a leap. Perhaps we will need to do some taxonomy research first. The big differences would be the aquatic nature of most of them, and if you can break that barrier, then you can move on to fish. Hmm. He is writing something furiously on his clipboard as you make your way out of the room. Honestly, I imagine it's just a fucking staff lounge where they throw darts at a wall and decide what next, what they're gonna do next. <laughs> uh, it hit the coffee maker. Do it! But it's the coffee maker. <laughs> do it! Fine. Unplugs the coffee maker, throws it at the platonic scan of the elven genome. So as you leave this room and start wandering the halls to find something new to poke at, an alarm starts going off. It, it doesn't appear to be anything to do with you, because you okay. weren't doing anything in particular at the moment it went off. You were just walking down the hall. You know you're allowed. Well, but it's just okay. this like, whoop, whoop, whoop that is tin tin tinin in your ear and the well not fluorescent lighting down here because they're probably not using electricity but uh, maybe it's some kind of high grade bioluminescence or Big maybe it's just st- straight up fucking magic who knows whatever it is changes color from like the sort of neutral working environment light to flashing red Okay. Um, I'm gonna read a bad situation. Yeah, all right. Well, ten. Okay. Hey, ten. Um, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? So, uh, as you like, freeze, try and get your bearings, find out what's going on down the hallway that you've been traveling. The faint whiff of something highly unpleasant hits your nostrils. That isn't anything terribly toxic. It's it's already Uh, What's my best way out? Back the way you came? But isn't that where the smell is coming from? No. Farther down the way you were going is where the smell is coming from. Alright. I'm gonna sit on the last one and I'm gonna head back the way I came. And specifically, I'm going to go look to see where my armor is. Where did I leave my armor? <laughs> Alright. You uh you can look around and your armor is just in a bin. Everybody's personal effects were placed in bins next to the beds that they were put up on. Oh good, they cleaned it, saved me that trouble. I have no idea if this is, like, a fight scenario, but I would rather have the armor than not have the armor, in case it becomes one. Hey, valid. So I'm not putting it on just yet, but I am going to bring it with me while I go back down the hallway again. 
Well, you don't manage to get as far as you went last time because a whole bunch of biomancers are stood in the hallway and have thrown their hands out and there's some kind of like shimmering wall that fills the entire hallway that they appear to be generating. And this hallway that you're in isn't the only hallway that leads down in this direction and you were able to see other guild hall workers running down other hallways in this direction. So whatever this is, is spreading down multiple lanes. They've probably got the same shields up down those. Is, is everyone doing the shield thing? It seems like everybody is either like doing the shield thing or talking to each other. Right, I like find hurriedly. one hurriedly. Not doing the shield thing. Excuse me. Um, I'm not quite sure what's happening, but is there anything I can do to help out? Uh, yes, actually. Um, you can go get the Plague Eater. You know what? I'm not even going to ask any questions. Well, actually, one. Where is that? So, you want to go uh, back down the way that you came, uh, three corridors down, turn left, uh then your first right and then your third left again and there's a closet and if you open it up there will be a tank that has the label plague eater on it uh right um i'll be back as quickly as i can all right what's well no i know i know he just told me how to get there so yeah i follow the directions which i are which i Hey, me, I've already forgotten, but Steiner would absolutely remember. <laughs> yeah, something about that's... a third right or something. Or is it the third <laughs> left? I don't know. This is why I write shit down in real life. <laughs> I won't make you roll. I, it's, I, I think it's pretty reasonable for Steiner to be able to remember. Oh, the signs that say maybe either this way. That's convenient. <laughs> but when you do get to the appropriate broom closet there isn't just one tank in here there's many tanks there are they're like fish tanks they're not like big cylinders like you were put up in some number of hours ago they're short and rectangular and there are weird looking critters running around inside of them and the labels on all of them are elven okay <laughs> That's fine, because I have the doors of perception. <laughs> okay. Eleven. I can Eleven. communicate with something or someone or something they cannot communicate with by normal means. Meaning what? Um, so which of you is the Plague Eater? <laughs> uh... This, okay. It looks like a squat, six-legged, purple, fluffy shop vac. Well, that looks about right. Did when you ask for the plague eater, it turns around in its tank and like butts its nose up against the face closest to you and there's this sound right well 
There's apparently some plague for you to eat, so if you would, well, to get you out of the tank. Please do not eat my hands. I well, hand. I need that. Also, I don't think I'm a plague. And slide the tank out, and the nose immediately comes out, and it sniffs all over you like an excited dog. Worrying but adorable. Right, I scoop it up, and I head back down the hallway with all due haste. <laughs> it has a fucking handle on it that you can grab and carry it's it like heavy. an actual shop vac. And yeah, you can get back to the wall that... You can get back to the hall that you were passing down earlier, and someone notices you coming down with this weird little critter in your arms and hollers up the line, Plague Eater's here! Make a hole! And people, like, scotch to the side to let you through. Um, so I just, um, did it do its thing? Or is there... Uh, yes, just bring it up to the wall and set it down. Right. Uh, up you go, little buddy. Enjoy all the delicious plague. You set it down in front of the wall, and it's like still for a moment, and then it trembles a little bit. It goes, ah! And then a couple of the biomancers work a small hole in the wall, and it's trunk just darts through, and then there's a, a sound like a fucking shot back. It fills the hallway, and I mean, nobody relaxes exactly, but there is a sigh of relief. It is a weird combination of adorable and profoundly disturbing. Well, we originally had it as an inanimate object, but we found that it fell apart. So we introduced biological processes to it so it could upkeep itself. I suppose that works. Does this place just like work on Fred Flint? Does this work on Flintstones rules? If I go into the kitchen, <laughs> is the garbage disposal a small elephant under the sink? <laughs> I mean, do you want to go check? I kind of want to go check. No. <laughs> So the crisis takes a couple hours to resolve. It appears the volumetric flow of the Plague Eater is quite low, but eventually the alarms are turned off and the walls are brought down, and it's the, the Plague Eater just marches further down the hallway, still sucking at the air, trying to find every last bit eventually turns a corner and goes out of sight unless you follow it. So does... Does this happen often? Oh, we try not to let it happen often, but... Containment breaches happen. Was anyone hurt? We don't know. We will have to investigate the point of the breach. I suppose everyone should be checking for, well, hopefully for survivors. Can I lend a hand with that, I suppose? I've got nothing better to do. Certainly. Make sure to get yourself masked up. We would rather not have you get sick. Er, well, in our care, that would be quite embarrassing. 
Um, who are the masks? Is someone handing them out, or is it just a closet? You're just kind of led to the closet. You can, and they open it up, and you're very much reminded of Grant's armor setup because it is literally just masks. But when the biomancer you're talking to puts one on, it turns into a full hazmat suit. Interesting. Put one on, and I guess I'm gonna look for bodies, both living and dead. Yeah. I feel like there should be a roll attached to that somehow. I still have a read of that situation. Yeah? Would you like to spend it? Yeah, what's the best way to protect the victims, I guess? <laughs> okay, okay. So... Uh, you don't know anything about this plague, so it could be instantly lethal, and anybody who was in the room might have just dropped dead. I feel like if it was instantly lethal, they said they would have like mentioned like, "Hey, definitely, definitely don't breathe this stuff, and uh, <laughs> don't bother calling for anyone." So I feel like this is like a couple hours, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So instead, what it's going to be to find survivors is—it's. Uh, I mean, it's been a couple of hours. So they might be unconscious, so you, calling out to them might be bad, or might not be useful. It, you might need to use some like sort of scanning method to locate people who have fallen unconscious. Hmm. I can't use my goggles because I'm already wearing a mask. Well, you could, like, go grab your goggles and just like take the thing off, put them on, put the thing back on. You're pretty fast. You, you were carrying your fucking power armor with you. So it's not like you have to go very far. Fair enough, yeah. Do that then. Alright. Uh, roll me act under pressure to find anybody who might have been affected by the plague. Okay, do we get, to a get a plus, plus one, one from your rate of bad. Alrighty. An eight. Alright. So, you know, I'm not gonna say that you, like, single-handedly swoop in and save the day, but uh, between your magic vision and your thermal vision, you do manage to find a couple of biomancers who have just fucking dropped in a corner, like where it would be difficult to find them without your scanning devices. They all need their lives. <laughs> Got a couple over here. Some more people in suits will come in and you can direct them to the bodies. They'll hoist them up, carry them out. Every so often as you are searching, the plague eater just kind of waddles down the hallway, you can hear it, its footsteps make this weird sound. Imagine a fluffy plonk, and that's the sound of its footsteps. Okay, I've imagined that. <laughs> yeah. 
with your help, everybody who was back here who would have been exposed to it is recovered. One guy nobody noticed because I didn't roll. I didn't roll a ten. Not all of the people back here survive. They are taken out to the same sort of like emergency medical staging area that you spent time in before you were allowed to go wandering, and some of them are just pronounced dead immediately. Some facet of whatever plague this was. It, it was probably the people who were like at ground zero of this, and they are... I mean, I don't know what kind of student of history Steiner is, but they look like victims of chemical warfare. I'm... A little, a little bit uh, unsettled that they're apparently developing chemical weapons here, but seems like a bad time to admonish them for it. <laughs> I mean, not just because it's in your, was just a tragedy that just occurred, but also I don't want to get kicked out midway through my healing, so I'm just going to sit on this. <laughs> <laughs> if we survive the end of the world, I will definitely bring this up later, but right now I'm just going to keep that in my back pocket. Valid. And for what it's worth, the folks who weren't immediately pronounced dead all do wind up making a full recovery. They are kept in a magical sleep until the healing is done. But any internal or external damage they took is fixed pretty quickly. Bing, lungs regrown. Teeth put back in their gums. All that good shit. I One mean, poisoned. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, when you can just grow a fucking platonic ideal version of an elf, you can probably get a pretty steady supply of organs. Yeah, probably. And for the rest of your time in here, Steiner, things are pretty quiet. I can hear something, yeah. Is there anything else you want to get up to, or do you want to just, like, chill out, find a couch, and vibe until your treatment is like done? I feel like I have earned some rest. It's pretty valid. And go find the employee break room and commandeer their couch. Oh, they have highlights magazine. That's weird. <laughs> but it's like backdated. It's not a 2012 issue. Eventually, as you are just thumbing through this fucking ancient highlights issue, you look up at one point and. Cam is in the room across from you, just leaning on a wall, kind of looking at you. Hope you haven't been standing there long. You could have said something. Well, this was just you wanted to make the big review. Well, I, I will confess that I do enjoy when people jump at my sudden appearance, but uh, nah, I ain't been here long. It's just letting you read. It's fine. I think this. I think this is one of the first. Imagine this well, I can speculate on the house I have this at this point. I just ah, getting through. So what is up? What's the difference? Uh, nothing much. I'm just here to keep the 
timeline stabilized. An ominous sentence. Go it's, on. No, no, nothing big. Nothing big. Uh, so, the, the Earth and the Feywilds, uh, the, the time streams are desynchronized, and right. I gotta make sure that you're not in here for a month. I, I, I understand that. I had um, I had a magpie keep an eye on the time. Is everything all right back home? If it's been too yeah. long, they would have told me, but, um... No, it ain't been too long. Everyone's keeping on, keeping busy. Good things are happening. You're, uh... You're gonna be glad at the things that have progressed in your absence. But, uh, I'm, I'm just here to keep things stable. You know, me crossing back and forth. I've been in and out. You haven't noticed me because shit's been busy. But I've been in and out. Just keeping things steady. Well, I appreciate you checking up and keeping an eye on things. Are you just wanting to chat, or because honestly, this magazine isn't very interesting? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to force my presence upon you. I've been here long enough to stabilize things again, so I can go if you want to go do something. I can hang out. I have. I'm honestly just killing time at this point. Let me, uh... It vanishes. Gone for, like, 30 seconds. Comes back, and he's way closer to you, and he's got one of the little medical scanners that the biomancers have been checking up on you with, and he runs it over you. Yeah, you got, like, two hours in here, maybe, before they clear you. Wonderful. I would be happy to get back home and pick up where we left off before that whole messy incident. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh... You're coming along real good. I, f I feel good. I feel good about you being ready. But someone does. Claps you on the shoulder a bit. You don't, uh... You're not ready to go kill a god? Is anyone ever? I mean... You don't got a choice in particular. I mean, I'm just saying, I could prepare for a hundred years and still not feel ready, I think. Does that make any sense to you at all? Uh, yeah, in the abstract. I got a weird relationship with time, so it's... Right. Yeah, but, I no, I get it, I get it. It's, uh, it's kind of the biggest and the baddest. Still got... One knife to go, but I understand that's being worked on. And we have a plan for the wounded. Not a not a great plan, but uh, yeah, should found. be good. That uh, that girl Grant likes so much. She's she's been in and out. The uh, she's made a catalyst, help Morton along with the the forging. Should shrink the should shrink the envelope. Right. Probably have time to work on my stuff a little bit. Just every little bit of performance enhancement I can squeeze out of my gear would be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, I can be almost anywhere basically instantly. You need me to go get something for you? You need an extra set of hands? 
I don't got a lot to do day to day, so just ask. I'll take you up on that. Um, just kind of debating what I want to spend a bit of free time doing. Well, thumps you on the chest. You got two hours to come up with something before they let you out. Want me to get out of your hair? Let you brainstorm? Don't. Hmm. It might be useful to have someone to bounce ideas off of, but at the moment I've just got nothing, so. Uh, can I holler at you? I got my ears open. And he'll, and he'll just blink out of the room. You can sit there, brainstorm for about two hours. Then one of the nurses? I don't know if that's the right word to use here, but it's basically equivalent. The ones who've been tending to you. Finds you, scans you down, tells you that you're good to go home. They can furnish you with a cheap set of clothes so that you're not walking out of here in a hospital gown. I would appreciate that, thank you. It's just a, a real simple, like, brown cloth pants and a woven green shirt. Is there any last bits that you want to do before you leave the guild hall? I'm just kind of like, you know... Offer thanks for, you know, their help, and honestly, I just want to get back home. Yeah. And you do feel better, by the way. Before, when you first got out of the tank, like I said, like, your teeth didn't feel right in your mouth, and your, and the nails on the ends of your fingers felt like they were the wrong weight, and your eyes felt slightly off-kilter, but now you, you feel right as rain. Well... Who was maintained? Was the main? Was the teleportation ring maintained, or am I just? Ah, you can. You've been in and out of the Fate Wilds enough times that you know how to like. You know, you, you can get back to the teleportation square, say hi to the greeter if you want. Still the stuffy, stuck-up loser that he always I is. Do apologize for the rudeness during. Uh entrance, time was uh, somewhat of a fact. She just kind of sniffs at you and doesn't say anything. Right, where are we going now? You can head into the circle and you know how to line it up with your laboratory. Won't make you roll for that or anything. And you work the magic to go home and... As soon as you get in, as soon as you reappear in your lab, does your armor have like a hookup to your phone? Yeah, I got Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good because then the uh, the heads-up display on your power armor, uh, not not literally but figuratively, uh, blows the fuck up with messages from Gregory. So, Roxanne. Yes? You 
and your brother went home at, well, no, because Grant did wake up first. Grant, did you wait around for Roxanne, or did you just head home? Oh, I've waited for her. Why not? Yeah, okay. If you didn't, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> so, the two of you got back to Emery's place at the same time. Emery was already posted up on the dining room table, making phone calls again. As you two come in, they tell the person they were on the other line with to hang on. And they put down the phone without hanging up, head over to the couch, and they scoop up what you can see as they turn around to be Grant's arm. Emery recovered your prosthesis. I thank her as I grab it and uh, I guess move to... I'm not sure how involved of a process it is to uh, to put it back on, but I'll go someplace private to put it back on. Nah, Take care. I gotta make sure this works. Might be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Figure Steiner would have made it pretty easy for you to take yeah, out but, and bring not like, a roboticist. I, I, what I mean is, like, I'm not sure if, like, taking off my shirt is part of the process and, like, where the, where the stump begins, because I don't quite remember myself, so... Huh. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Colin, hmm. two sessions in a row, my dude. Fuck! Damn it. Okay. Uh, I'll take it from them and uh, go go someplace private and put it back on. No, I'm leaving that in. I decided to stop editing that out so that you can get publicly shamed. So maybe you'll learn. Yes. Good. Shit. That, that, is, that is that is a good thing. Yes. Um, so Roxanne, while Grant is off reattaching his arm, Magpie comes downstairs and she's got a funny looking envelope in her hand. She says as you, like, I don't know, stop to take a drink and continue to feel weirdly good about everything. Uh, this was on the front porch when we got here. It's addressed to you. Well, I can only think of one person that sends me envelopes. Uh, thank you. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, no problem. You you feeling good? All your... It's the, the whole... Everything good to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... More or less got everybody... We got everybody out of there in one piece. It's a good day. Things are good. <sighs> okay. And, uh, yeah, you, you said it. You definitely recognize the stationery the Sultans of the Deadlands use. All right, cool. I guess I'm going to go uh, pay some folks a visit. Anybody want some souvenirs from the Deadlands? No? All right. I'll be back in a little bit. You back in one piece. Bring me back a rock or something. I'm going to stop making promises about it. <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I ask you this every time, but are you teleporting straight into the throne room? Or are you teleporting outside and going in by foot? I'm not in a hurry. So I'm going to teleport outside 
because I'm keen on making a good impression. I mean, not all of, I'm not like close friends with all of the Sultans. I wouldn't even necessarily describe myself as close friends, but I'm not friends with all of the Sultans. I feel like, you know, it would be like if you walked into a friend's house and just their roommate was home, that would be weird. Yeah, I getcha, I getcha. So, you appear in the Deadlands capital. It is, as it always is, dreary, a little bit cold, overcast, for an infinite distance in all directions. Just kind of sucks. You head into the palace. Of course, the palace guards let you in. They know who you are. They know you're coming. You can make your way to the throne room, and the sultans du jour are... Catherine and Montezuma. 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 I don't even know why. I was just very excited for Montezuma. <laughs> I don't bow, but I do like wave politely once I get there. I not sure exactly who called for me. I forget who writes the envelopes. You didn't bother to check? Oh. Well, like, hey, what's the envelope? <laughs> I mean, I, I just like, I don't know. I figured if you, you were like, oh, yeah, it's. Okay, I rewind and read what's in the envelope. <laughs> like you arrive in the deadline. It's like, that's your letter. Oh, did you bring it? I'm going to go back real quick. No, no, no. Roxanne gets to the fucking door and then is like, oh, shit, I should actually read this. I don't actually know why I'm here. Shit. I'm just so used for people calling me places. So, like, I didn't even think to read it. So you can... It is, as always, just like a piece of really weird parchment sealed in wax. You can... Skin. (laughs) No comment. You can fucking pop out your atheme and use it like a letter opener to cut the wax seal, unfold it, and it is a missive signed at the bottom from Sultans Catherine the Great and Montezuma the First, and they are requesting your assistance with the resolution of a recovery process. That sounds like a fun way to spend my time. All right. So yeah, uh, fast forward to the part where I walked through the uh, the office, the meeting room, reception throne room, throne room. That's the word. They're big obsidian thrones. They're not up on them. They're down on ground level, presumably waiting for you. And they see you as soon as you come in. Beckon you closer. As I'm walking up, I say, sorry if I, uh, if you, I left you waiting. I was getting a large hole repaired in my chest. Oh, are you well, then? We wouldn't want to put you out. I, no, perfectly fine. Montezuma nods to you. Wonderful. We... 
chiefly require your assistance with transportation, but we feel you could help us with the uh, the setup. All right. Please allow me to stop being uselessly cryptic. You recall some months ago that you fought and killed a psychopomp. All right. I do remember that part. Catherine kind of flips her hair. Those are all my creation. I don't know how that one lost its mind and lost its purpose, but they are set up to act as itinerant guards, people to look over the cities and the deadlands that are not the capital, while we are here at the capital. Keep the spirits there unmolested by the horrors that walk these wastes. Alright, makes sense. I mean, I guess things are supposed to be boring, not miserable. Exactly. And we have finished building a new psychopomp to take the place of the one that you had to destroy, and we need to put it back in its place. However, that is some distance away, and while ordinarily that would not be a problem, we are all short on time. And we would like as much of our domain to be in order as it possibly can be in preparation for the worst. Right, okay. No, that makes perfect sense. And I can see why you brought me in. Yes, that, uh, that field trip, that extended trip you went on with some of our companions passes quite close to the settlement that we need to go to. Alright. Um, I hope... I mean, I feel like our, uh... ideas of relative distance might be a little bit different, so I... You know, when you say relatively close, you mean... I hope you don't mean, like, too long of a walk. I, you know, do have some... really important prior engagements coming up. Of course, of course. We are aware of your time limits. We will not be keeping you past them. We believe no longer than two days, assuming that Catherine has formulated her pack animals correctly. Catherine kind of at him. Right, makes... Yeah, no, I, I can spare two days. I can definitely spare two days, especially considering all you all have done for me, and only right there return the favor. Yeah. So, Montezuma shakes his hand, and this weird gray orb, about the size of a basketball, just kind of forms out of the air. It's levitating under his hand. I am keeping it contained in here until we are ready to place it. We are ready to go whenever you are. My god, it's in a Pokeball. Alright, am I taking everybody then? Both of you? Or... Uh, Yes, the both of us, if you could. I think I can manage that. I mean, if the Psychopomp is still in... 
container? I don't... I think I can take it all at once. It's... the rules are kind of strange. I haven't had a lot of time to test them, actually. Alright, uh, you said pack animals, so I guess... Oh, uh, those will be there when I need them to be there. Ah. Okay, then. I hold out both of my hands, then, I guess. I do need to touch. There, there's a little bit of logistical happenings where they, like, get a map and they show you, like, it's here and the path that you took goes here. So, like, here's the shortest route. You can line up those distances. Right, right. <laughs> and then the touching does happen and you can give me a roll. I was going to say I always wanted to touch a corpse, but then it's like, that's a weird thing to say. Don't say that. <laughs> Weird roll. Weird roll. Plus one. Holy shit. Wow. Holy shit. Ooh. Holy. That's... Mm. Oopsie doodles. Okay. God, I don't want to... I mean, I can work with this. That's a six, by the way, dearest listeners. <laughs> God, I, I need to specifically it is snake eyes. Literally the worst possible roll I could. Make. Yeah, that's the that's the only way you could have failed was to roll snake eyes. Well, I mean, like, it doesn't even have like a failure, like listed on Angel Wings. It's just like it tells you what it does on a partial success. I think that means that it's up to the DM what happens. This is a sad fart sound. I'm I'm not burning a luck on this, so yes, actually, tell me what happens. Okay, okay. So you know where you're going, so you fix it in your mind, you open up space so you can fall through it, and there's this sort of, like, incoherent transition, and you appear deep in the Deadlands, it all kind of looks the same, so you can only assume that you're in the right spot. And there's a soft on the ground next to you, and you're here, and the, the Pokeball's here, and the the two Sultans aren't. Roxanne teleports away for half a second, grabs a pillow, comes back. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um I think I know how to t handle this. Uh-huh. Uh I grabbed I grabbed the Pokéball. Mhm. Mm Hmm, I don't really think I know the other two Sultans well enough to go directly to them. Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I go back to the palace. Okay, they're not there. God damn it. Okay. I think it's time to do some magic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, um... I, I have a vague idea of how of this, I just need to, like, actually... At least I got it. Um, I, I got a vague idea of how of what I need to do here. Um, God, can I like 
use magic to do one thing that is beyond human limitation and expand my, like... Do you know how people have, like, like sort of... You sort of, like, know sometimes when things are going on around you even though you can't see it or hear it? Yeah? I would like to use magic to expand my sixth sense to, like, a order of magnitude and, like, see if I can radar out where the Sultans ended up. Alright, give me the roll. Well, uh, this can only go well. Definitely. Definitely, An definitely. And eight. what's your glitch? I really don't want to draw immediate unwelcome attention. I don't want to have this turn into a brawl. <laughs> Although I do have a nice Pokemon. The effect is of short duration. How about that? Okay. So, unfortunately, your radar ping, your extension of your senses, it doesn't last long enough for you to lock on to anyone besides a pack of ghosts. Okay. As I see it, I have two options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, is the, is the, is the Pokeball small enough for me to put in my hammer space? No, it's, it's a basketball. Damn, okay. So, you know, you're not having to heft and heave it around, but you, you do gotta, like, sling it into your armpit like it's a basketball carried around that way. Okay. As far as I see it, there are two options here. One... I just leg it to the village and wait for them to get there. I mean, after all, they don't have to stop and rest. They will probably get there before me, reasonably. I mean, I don't know where they ended up. I'm going to hope it's somewhere in the Deadlands. <laughs> I think I think if they ended up in the real, uh, in, like, Earth, I would know. Like, alarms would be going off already. Especially once I went to go get that pillow. A fucking emergency would have just bipped in next to you to holler at you. Right, okay. So they must be in the death. So, my other option is I bet some of the witches know how to find the Sultans. I bet they know how to avoid the Sultans, so I bet they know how to find them. I mean, that's valid. Yeah, I'm gonna try that first rather than heading straight towards the village, because, like, Traveling the Deadlands alone seems like a pretty poor option. Okay, okay. So I do I do the I do the earring thing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I go. Okay. You pop in and it's a peaceful little scene at the moment. They were all just kinda walking. You can't see what they were walking towards, if anything. They weren't, like, under attack or having just finished being under attack. They're all just kind of chilling. Conversations were happening, and then the light popped on, everybody came to a stop, and now you're here, and they were all looking for you to show up. Gwendolyn spots you first and points you out, and everybody comes over at varying speeds to greet you. Hildy gets there first, because she's very excited to see you again. Gives you a 
big, strong little girl hug. I lift, I lift the basketball above my head and like, oh, all right, and I pat her on the head. Oh, I wait for everybody to get over and I'm like, sorry about interrupting uh, your day. I don't know. I'm... Usually things are more exciting, so I feel bad about interrupting a boring day. They all just kind of shrug and laugh at each other. Gwendolyn, well, it's... I've... This is any sort of excitement that isn't trying to destroy us. So it's nice to, to have you here. How's uh, how's your arm, by the way? Has uh, that been treating you good? Uh, yeah. Saved my life uh, literally just the other day, actually. I pull up my sleeve a little bit to show off. Uh, I guess, like, it's a vine and there are flowers on it, right? And they, like, bloom every time it goes off. That was the thing. Yes, correct. Right, so like I show that one of the another one of the flowers is bloomed. Oh, two of them actually. Look at that. Uh, yeah, I would love to tell you the story about that, but I'm kind of like <laughs> having a minor crisis. So I kind of just uh mm, deposited two of the sultans in a random spot in the Deadlands, and I don't know where they are, and I kind of need to go get. Ah. And I was wondering, y'all spend a lot of time, like, wandering around. I figure you probably try to, like, avoid where the Sultans are, because it's just, like, a headache. So I figured maybe you had an idea how to figure out where they are? <laughs> There's varying facial expressions to that. Some looks of distress, some looks of disgust, some looks of amusement. Ursula comments... Yes, they don't care for us the way that we exist. They would rather we didn't, so we do keep away from them. Right. That is chiefly my work, keeping us clear of them. I can find them. You will need to give me some time. There is a, quite a lot of expanse I will have to check. I'm, by all means, I'm on your time frame here. I, uh, just transporting some precious cargo. I motioned to the odd basketball. I probably shouldn't actually say what it is, but if you know, I'm not going to play coy about it. None of them look like they have any idea what's in your hand. Well, um, it's bad news, so I'm just not going to talk about it. Phoebe looks like she might know, but otherwise, no. I flash Phoebe a, like, very... I don't know how to describe it, a very, like, I'm kind of stressed out right now kind of look like. The kind of look where you're, like, running late for something and you have to stop for gas and you... and the gas the gas station attendant, like, makes a joke when you try to pay or something. Yeah, yeah. She gives you a knowing grandma wink. <sighs> but doesn't, like, press you or anything. And... Ursula immediately gets to work, turns away from the group while everybody sort of packs in. You get the feeling that they're kind of halfway getting into, like, sentry mode. Just being ready for if anything jumps them now that they've stopped moving. And 
just every couple of minutes, Ursula pulls a thread out of the air and, like, squints at it, holds it real close to her eyes and seems to read over it and then tosses it over her shoulder. As you're doing this, at one point, Agnes comes up and, like, pokes at you. Not not in a I-want-your-attention kind of way, but in, like, a what-am-I-looking-at kind of way. It's, a, it's an exploratory poke. I have something on my face? You... something about yourself. You doing okay? Yeah, I mean, like, present situation, like, present situation notwithstanding, things are going pretty well. I'm feeling good. Huh. I mean, I'm glad for you, but... Weird. You know, I'm gonna have to, like, ask you to explain that, but if it's gonna take a while, I might have to come back. <laughs> it, w it would take a little while. It's just, whenever you have time, and yeah, I'll explain it. <sighs> I mean, I'm all up for knowing weird things about me. You are all kinds of incredible, you know that? Thank you? I do my best. <laughs> Shortly after Agnes finishes poking at you, Ursula gets a lucky draw and calls you over. Roxanne, I have found Montezuma. Okay. Um, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I don't know if you don't have any, like, way of communicating where he's at, then. Landmarks are a little... Give me a moment. Pain. Just dial up good old Monty Zima here. <laughs> she reaches out, pulls another thread that's like really long. Like all the others have just been like three or four inches. This one's like a foot and a half. She reads over it again. I don't normally look into locational information. I generally don't need to, but... Yes, okay. And she gives you, like, a heading and a distance. And it's a pretty long ways out, unfortunately. Is it... Do I have any, like, idea where that is in relation to, like, where... I've been before. Uh, unfortunately, it's like way off the beaten path. It's way out of the way from anywhere you've ever been, not somewhere you could get easily. You might be able to cheat your way there in some way, but that would have to be something you come up with and pitch to me. I, I love to cheat. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Does the psychopomp count as a sympathetic token? <laughs> you know, I was wondering if you were ever going to ask me that question. God. I think it would. Okay, 
but whose sympathetic token is it? Because, like... Why don't you try casting through it and finding out? Uh, alright. I'm going to, uh... I don't even know how this would work. Like, I would like to... I'm not sure what what I'm trying to roll here. Well, you're rolling use magic. Sure, but I'm not sure what I'm trying to do is the thing. I've got a sympathetic token. Uh-huh. <laughs> Roxanne's technically a human. <laughs> Can I do one thing that is beyond demon limitations by using the sympathetic token to cast use magic to teleport to Montezuma or whoever <laughs> I'm whoever it is attached to? Okay, okay. So, 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 you're phrasing in a, in a way that's real bullshit, but, <laughs> but I can see you tuning your angel wings to the sympathetic token and using those two techniques in conjunction with each other. Right, absolutely. That sounds pretty valid to me. If a little bit horseshit. But I told you you needed to cheat, and this is extremely cheaty. Let's do some horseshit. Yeah. So start by rolling use magic, and you get a plus one. Because of sympathetic token. Okay, thank god. <laughs> okay, I really 12. was not ready for- I was really not ready, to, not ready to roll a six and have the object be destroyed. <laughs> or lose its power which just fucking render the ball inert it just fucking ruptures and now I have a psychopomp <laughs> just kinda here with you amongst all your witch friends who are probably definitely on the illegal thing list hmm but 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 so, you tune your sympathetic magic through the Pokeball, and you actually get two lines. It seems this is a joint effort in equal parts between Monty and Kathy. So you can dial in on the both of them. Cool. Fantastic. I'm going to go to... Uh, I'm not going to flip a coin. I'm going to go to Catherine the Great. Okay. This one doesn't require a roll, because you're not taking anybody with you. Yeah. I, I hope I don't get my head blown off in some fashion by, by popping up right next to Catherine the Great. Do you, um... Do you say goodbye to your friends? I do say... I do say... Um... I say thank you so much for your help. I just actually had an epiphany on how to do this. And I owe you all such a huge favor. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to think of some really big way to pay this back. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But uh, I'll come back and visit when I'm not uh, crisis handling. <laughs> you get goodbyes and lovely seeing yous. Mm-hmm. Margaret tells you you better fucking come back and pay back this nonsense. I have thoughts. <laughs> and you can bip yourself to Catherine, and she's just kind of 
trudging in what you know based on like positional reckoning you kind of instinctually have via teleportation towards the Capitol building. I pop in and I say, I'm really sorry. Oh, there you are. I was wondering if you'd be getting back to me. Yeah, um... Thankfully I had this, I say, holding up the orb. Oh, wonderful. It's not broken or anything, is it? Glance at it. No, shouldn't be. I have not dropped it. Well, I think it dropped one time, but that wasn't my fault. Well, would you it, like to look it, it, it over? It was. <laughs> it was, but it also could I could not foreseeably like have <laughs> predicted it. Yes, hand it over. I I hand it over. Takes it in her long, bony fingers, turns it around in her hands, scrutinizes it. No, seems to be just fine. Fantastic. Um... Gosh, I feel so bad about making a snafu out of all of this. Don't suppose you've recovered our third. Well, if I have that in my possession, I can find him. I... I did a little, like, spellery where I... Because this is something that is important and belongs to the both of you. I can sort of trace along that line. A lot of the things I do kind of work with... It's it's hard to explain. It's like a sympathetic connection between two things. Sure. And if I have that, because it belongs to both of you, I can sort of connect to both of you... And that's why I know where you are, because usually I have to know somebody pretty well to be able to just pop in on them like this. Well, why don't you take me back to the point that we were originally trying to get to, then you go fetch Monty, and I will get our transports set up. Okay, are you... Are you sure you're ready to trust me to do this again? I can't make promises. I'm just giving you this out here on the chance that you are not prepared to do this again. Well, either I trust you or I take the long way home. Fair enough. Just don't screw up again. I will do my best. I I won't. Not that I'm rooting against you or anything, but it would just be amazing <laughs> if you rolled another six. Uh, I mean, yeah, it would be really funny, but uh, give me the roll. Fuck, stressing me out, my heart. Don't forget your plus one. I won't. Well, I got fifteen. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> sort of believed in you. Thank you, Ape. You're almost welcome. It's because Ape believed in me that we could get this done. So, one half of the equation solved. You and Catherine successfully appear together where you mean to. I apologize again, and then, uh, 
Once we're situated and I have the orb again, I go for Montezuma. Yeah, I won't make you roll sympathetic magic again. So that connection is still fresh enough that you can find him and bip over. I did roll a 12. Unlike Catherine, he isn't making his way back home. He appears to have manifested this ornate stone throne and is sitting in it like full Dracula pose, one leg crossed over the other, hand resting on the back of his hand, and he is just kind of scowling at the middle distance. Oh, I'm, I'm prepared to get fucking... Uh, scolded by... <sighs> You're about to get chewed at by old Montezuma. Yeah, fair enough. So you, you appear in front of him, and before you can even get a word out, just like as soon as you're fully manifested, I had been led to believe that you were far more reliable on this matter. Fuck told him that. <sighs> Osman, Arthur, Cleopatra, the sultans that you traveled with and teleported all over the place. Literally every time I do this, I warn them it could go wrong. And <laughs> the one time I don't say this could go wrong, it goes wrong. <laughs> I can't apologize enough. I did not. I. It is not a hundred one hundred percent reliable process, and I usually communicate that better. And naturally. The one time I didn't communicate that adequately was the one time it went it has gone wrong. I already located Catherine the Great, and she's at the rendezvous point. And she told me to come get you if you are willing to give me another chance. Can I expect that this second attempt will be successful? Absolutely. Then by all means, do not disappoint me. And he holds out his hand. Take his hand. And I roll a six. I roll a ten. <laughs> you roll a ten. <laughs> Hooray! We got there. I think I say this a lot whenever it comes up, but... Statistically, when you roll a 2d6... The lowest and the highest roll are about like a two and a half percent chance of of happening. Statistically, uh -huh. when you roll two d six, you get a seven. That is the most common combination of rolls. So it's just funny when I when I got a I got a two, and it was the one roll that would have been an abject failure <laughs> like that. Anyway. Oh. Regardless of the hiccup, you do manage to successfully get all of the pieces in the correct place, spatially speaking. Upon completion of the teleport, Montezuma is still in his Dracula's repose, and the throne did not come with him. But he's just like locked like that? Yeah, he, he's just like 
masterclass mime reclined in a chair that doesn't exist, and he unfolds himself from it. Hand him the orb. Fucking deal, I'm Montezuma. (laughs) Takes the orb and does the little handshake that gets it floating underneath his palm, and you... After handing off the orb and turning to Catherine, you just immediately become aware that uh, she has, in fact, manifested your transport while you were retrieving your third party. There's just like... Well, okay, so Bone Dragon isn't exactly correct, but it's basically a trio of Bone Dragons. I'm chill with it. It'll be an interesting story to tell people. Assuming I'm alive come 2013. (laughs) And they aren't like, you know, Steiner told you how big the dragon he saw in Morton's Illusion was. They're not that big. They're like twice as tall as an elephant, maybe. So you do have to, like, climb a small rope ladder to mount up, but... Catherine helps you mount it properly. And I'm not going to make you roll animal handling. No, I'm going to roll to be cool. I got a five. I fall off. (laughs) Roxanne breaks her neck and dies. (laughs) Getting all of your bad rolls out of the way before we reach the finale. Good, good. I love it. No, these things are on autopilot, and they're very smooth rides. So, three of you zip, and it's like two straight days of flight getting there. I don't know if you have the gall to call for a rest, but if you don't, they will just fly nonstop. I'm going to be gone longer than I thought. Uh, I'm 100% prepared to, like, fuck this out, I guess. Like, I just spent, I just recovered in, and I'm having one of the better days of my life. It's time to ride this high. (laughs) Yeah. On, uh, there's a weird moment where partway through this expedition, something appears in your hammer space just out of nowhere, no warning at all. Bag of peanuts and a tiny can of Coke. It's a huge you, you joke, but it's uh, it's a granola bar and a bottle of water. <laughs> Roxanne gets a little bit misty. <laughs> but at the end of the two days, you touch down and... It's the same sort of, like, smooth, blocky architecture that is present at the capital, although there isn't the Sultan's Palace sitting at the center. It's just a small collection of these buildings just in the middle of fucking nowhere. And there are no spirits wandering around, but as soon as you touch down, a couple of them come out of these little structures. I wave. No need to be rude. (laughs) And as you wave, like, all of them get tense, 
and flee back inside, and then out of the ground comes this, like, I mean, skull-faced dinosaur bird monster. Jumps out of the ground like it's made out of water. Low-flying real fast. Ah, I'm going to assume that's not supposed to be there. Montezuma leaps off of his dragon, slams his hand into the ground and draws it up slowly and appears to have, by some magical means, manifested this man-sized obsidian greatsword. Mutters to himself, No, this should not be here at all. And then just kind of vanishes. And then the skull-faced dinosaur bird falls into about six pieces, which all hit the ground very quickly. That was terrifying. And then he comes back and he slams his sword into the ground and it sticks there and he dusts off his hands and looks to you and Catherine to get off of your rides. Yeah, I hop off and also, hey, can I read a bad situation? Yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point it's probably nothing big, but like, wow, I got a 12. Okay. 12. Literally, I just wanted to... Ask, are there any dangers I haven't noticed yet? Uh, you definitely have, like, your... Th that same sort of, like, oh, I'm in danger now instinct that happened right before Silas shot you all in the back is flaring a little bit. But also, Catherine and Montezuma both are on guard and constantly surveying the area, so they've probably got this shit on lockdown. Sure, but I would like to look at least a little bit useful in front of Montezuma. <laughs> okay, okay. Alright, well, so if there is anything, it has not, like, shown up yet. Correct. <sighs> okay, well, I don't really know what I can do now. I've checked if there's anything else going on here. I just right. get off of my dragon. Okay, nope. The ghosts come out of their little houses on the death of this invader, and the three of you plus Orb, and I'll head over to meet them. And again, Town Square isn't quite correct, given the size and the organizational structure of this weird little cluster of homes, but you go into the middle and Montezuma sets the orb down and he and Catherine start working over it. And I think I want you to roll me act under pressure. Give yourself a plus one for your read a bad situation. Okie dokie. I got a, a ten. ten. Very good. So, because your attention doesn't ever have to come off of your surroundings like theirs does, you notice before them that something sinister has stepped into town. It's human-shaped and made out of a 
kind of inky blackness, but is also robed in fur. And it has fangs as long as your hand to like saber tooth tiger style fangs, but it's a human skull head that they are set into. And on its hip is this serrated longsword that is just kind of slowly stalking into town. I'm not sure if I should point it out. Like, they already know it and they're just acting like they don't know. Uh, roll me sharp. Sure. Nate. Nate. You get the feeling that they might be a little bit caught up in their work at the moment. Do I still have Ashley's gun? You had planned to give it back to her, but then she had no use for it because she already had one and it's not like she can go guns akimbo with that damn thing. So you held onto it with the intention of giving it back to her later, but then you never said that you did. So I'm willing to say that you just forgot and it's still in your inventory. I bet this thing's not expecting to get fucking shot. <laughs> can I fucking shoot this thing? You can absolutely fucking shoot this thing. Alright. I rolled a 13. I have advanced kicks and ass. What advance effect would you like? I would like my attack to inflict double the normal harm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's eight. Alright. Fucking quick draw on this weird... Uh, Fur coat, skull knight, fire a shot directly into center mass, and it like actually like it hits it full in the chest and it flies back like off its feet a good two, three feet, and then hits the ground with a loud crunch. Although that crunch was considerably dwarfed by the gunshot that has your ears a ringing, and the sultans initially, if you look back at them, are scowling at you because that's exceptionally disruptive, young lady. But then they realize what you fired at and they nod at each other. Montezuma stands up and Catherine keeps working and his obsidian greatsword is back in his hand and he takes a step and then vanishes again. And from its seated position, the Skull Knight draws its sword and parries Montezuma, like off of him, and quickly gets up to his feet and is like looking around waiting for the next attack. What do you do? Pull out the five demon bag. Okay, okay. And I sick the five demon bag on it. I say, <laughs> destroy it. And I point at the monster. Give me the roll. Right, I forgot. I have to roll things in this game. Yes, you do. Yeah, Nate. Yeah, Nate. Alright. So you're options dart in fire lasers of pure arcane energy at this creature scorch it up well no 
it scorches it up. It doesn't appear to hurt it, but it is definitely so distracting that the Skull Knight is not at all ready to block the next time Montezuma steps in, and this time its off-arm just comes off. It seems like it's serrated longsword is meant to be a two-handed weapon, so it's looking a little bit awkward now. What's your next move? Hmm. I would like to close the gap. Oh, can I switch between the five demon bag and my other weapons, like... Instantly. Alright, I just mean, like, since they are out there, I was wondering how possible it was, because I've never really considered that. Oh, if you try and switch, your options just cease to exist. And the bag itself is what transforms. Makes sense. Yeah, I go in with- I basically close the gap, and switch to my thunder hammer and give it- and I'm basically trying to hit it as hard as I can. With a seven. A seven, all right. So there is the characteristic ring of a great church bell as you slam the head of your hammer into it and the stunning wave carries through it and it like tries to turn to attack you, but it's too fucked up from the strike to do so. And then as you prepare your next move, you hear from behind you, would the two of you step back? I'd like to test this. Yeah, I fucking just zip as far back as po- uh, as far back as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And there is all of a sudden an outpouring of death magic from next to Catherine. And very suddenly standing at her side is the psychopomp. It's the same one. I don't know if you feel any particular way about seeing this thing again, but it's the exact same monster. No, I mean, I kind of just expected this. All right, that's pretty fair. And it takes a slow couple steps forward and vanishes into a bank of fog that appeared along with it and then steps out of that bank right next to the Skull Knight and it slowly extends the pointer finger on its right arm and then there is this like bright flash of light on the tip and it's like space contracts around the tip of its finger and there's a high-pitched whine in your ear as it touches the Skull Knight at the center of its back and the creature just drops. Okay. Hey, um, when the Psychopomp kills this thing, like, mm-hmm. I assume that the monster is just going to, like, disintegrate and then go reform somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to, like, turn all of my attention to watching the Psychopomp and see, like, what is going on there. Okay. What I want to see is, I want to see if, like, 
something about the psychopomp changes when it kills something. Because, like, there's got to be something that's... I, I'm not planning to solve this problem, but... There's got to be something about it that, like... There might be something about it that changes when it kills something. Like, something has to be happening that is making it go crazy. Making these things go crazy. Ah, okay. Um... Why don't you roll me investigate a mystery? Hey, I can do that. No, I can't. No, you can't. It's fucking beyond me. Ha, I'm sorry. It's. It appears to just kind of stare at the puddle the Skull Knight is dissolving into, and then soaks into the ground to reform into something at a later date, and it, it just stares it down like it's making sure its work is done. And then it turns to everybody else real slow-like. And its wide, empty, skeletal eyes are just kind of searching for anything. And then when it can't find anything, it turns around to the outskirts of town and just kind of starts walking. I can't tell if it's just how it is, or if that's the effect from having had to kill something that looks exactly the same way, but that's still really unsettling. Catherine will pull up beside you. No, that's simply how it is. It is one of the more passive ones I've designed. Very slow and methodical, difficult to read. Makes for a good century in its own way. You don't know that it's noticed you until it is already behind you. I can tell. <sighs> well, other than a slight snag, I'm glad this all went okay. Montezuma discorporates his greatsword. Yes, I... Well done. Noticing that thing's intrusion. Oh, I... Yeah, I... Thank you, I would have tried to warn you, but I didn't want to... I didn't want to give it the opportunity to close the gap. I didn't know what it was going to do. So I figured something loud and unexpected would be the best way to attack it. Well reasoned. Senpai noticed me. <laughs> 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 so the two of them will look at each other turn to check over the crowd all the ghosts look to be in a little bit better spirits about things like they know that with their century back in place they're not going to be harangued all the fucking time they can maybe get back to having all of their memories disintegrate so they can be alive again now they can now they can be miserable in peace. They can be bored. Yeah. And you know they they spend uh, the, the the sultans take another hour just to like make sure that the psychopomp is functioning properly. It's it just sort of is like wandering through town kind of at random. You, if there's any pattern to its meandering, you can't discern it. But once they are satisfied with their work, they will approach you. Would you take us back home now? 
I will. But, I, once again, I would like to warn you this time, ahead of time, that sometimes these things do not happen correctly. Uh, so please be prepared in that event in the case of that eventuality. Give me the roll. Don't forget your plus one. I got a nine. You got a nine. All right. <laughs> Where are you teleporting to exactly? I just can take them directly into the palace. Okay. You and Montezuma appear in the throne room. Catherine isn't present. God damn it. For like a minute, Monty looks real unimpressed, and then Catherine just comes striding into the room. I was outside. I'm glad you're not far away, but I'm still very angry about this. That was more harrowing than it needed to be. I'm sorry uh, about the unintended detours, though. Montezuma looks like he's about to say something, and he, he like opens his mouth, and he's got a look on his face like he's going to chide you, and then... Zero subtlety, full force, Catherine elbows him in the ribs. It was fine. We completed our task. That portion of the Deadlands is stabilized now. And we could not have gotten it done before Doomsday without your assistance. Alright, Doomsday. I'm, I'm happy to be of help. Montezuma just kind of huffs, but nods at you like he's acknowledging, yes, you were in fact a help. Hey, I got him where he wanted to go. <laughs> you can't you can't please everybody, but I did my best. Yep. Roxanne's just like standing there for a moment, and then there's like this dawning realization like, oh, I haven't slept in three days. I should do that. Um, pardon me, I've got to, like, take care of my body. Be well, Roxanne, and best of luck. I hope I don't need it. But thank you. Is this gonna fucking teleport home? I fucking teleport directly into my room. Alright. I crack open the door and shout, I'm home, I'm going to sleep. And I pass out of my bed. Uh, before you can pass out, Magpie hollers up the stairs. Check your phone, it's been going off. Did I leave my phone behind? You know what? Sure. I checked my phone. I don't know why you would have taken it into the Deadlands. In case I got bored. No reception there. Play snake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I checked my phone. Yeah, regardless, uh, when you check it, your phone has kind of been blown up with text messages from Gregory. Oh shit, I'm an asshole.
Grant Harrison. Yeet. You had a hell of the last two days. Yeah? You, uh, you did successfully recover in the Spring Courts Guild Hall. Then you went home with your sister and Ashley and some DHEA dudes. You... Where did you point the circle at? I guess it was pointed at Emery's house. Because that's where Roxanne went. Yes. So you all appeared in there. Ashley already knows that address. And she can just instruct her men to not memorize any details about what they see. Yeah. She turns to you and like lightly backhands you across the chest tells you she'll see you in a few days yeah yeah I guess and as she makes her way out the front door she like winks at you over her shoulder and then you can go into the bathroom to get your arm reattached yep and then you've got just a day where nothing happens what do you get up to on the day where nothing happens? Uh, good question. A day where nothing happens. I mean, I guess I could always, like, start the thing that's my event, because I know you've got... You've probably got something planned for this, but I can start on my event, which is, uh... Grant is going to be starting to try and... help out people who don't have magical weapons by like trying to create like these like paintball ball sized like um spheres that you could just like squish on to the weapons and just like apply it and it's like a magical like oil or something it gives it a uh, a specific property and i'm guessing that he's gotten this idea by like looking at his sword and being like i I think I could reverse engineer this to be a temporary thing. It probably won't be like give all of the abilities, but like if someone can like apply just like one at a time, that would probably help out basically everybody who doesn't already have this sort of stuff. Okay. Well, you don't really get far enough into that process to uh, actually call what you've made headway. Uh, one, because in the process of analyzing your sword, you discover another feature. Okay. Is it the feature that I chose earlier, or is it a new feature yes. that you're... Okay. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, introducing that narratively. Yes. You find another keyword, and when you turn it on, it causes the blade of your sword to vibrate at a pretty high frequency. Which is a uh, cat fancy way of saying my sword's now three harm. Yes. You get the feeling that your sword will strike harder now. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for activating at the, last po at the uh, best possible time, but where have you been the rest of the year? <laughs> uh, but the, the other main reason why you don't get to make any headway in the first couple of days is uh, the day after you 
discover this new feature and spend some time experimenting with it, figuring out exactly what it's about, your phone blows up with text messages from Gregory. Okay. I look at my phone. The message is, I have found the tenth name. Please contact me immediately so we can begin finding out who it belongs to and get the knife forged. All right. Uh, I guess Gregory has a phone number, so I will call him immediately. It uh, it routes through Steiner's lab. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Gregory, yes, you have the, the tenth name. Hello, Grant. I have contacted Edwin and Roxanne as well. They have not gotten back to me. Uh, they, I think Edwin is still in the Feywilds, and Roxanne went to the Deadlands, so I think I'm the only one on this particular plane of existence. I see. Well, then I will have to entrust this to you. Okay. The tenth name is the blood of the unimpressed. Okay. have a guess as to who that is. Blood of the Unimpressed. That's, um... Do you have any idea between, like, what you've been paying attention to and what, uh, and what Steiner's been telling you who that might be? Unfortunately, no. I do not have the first guess. Okay. All right. Um. Hmm. I want to read to you from the Randos handout a specific okay. line about a specific person. Apparently important enough that Roxanne was given an emergency mission to save his life. Oh. See, I was avoiding saying it out loud because I wanted no, him to figure it out like, himself. I was, I was actually thinking that, and I was like, no, he's never really been unimpressed by us. But at the same time, like that's the only guy I can think of that could possibly fit the bill. And at that point, Grant will think, and for the first time possibly all year, remember who this guy is, and he's like. Oh, D Dan, Dan, y'all. I think. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find. <laughs> I do not have any Daniels in my records. It starts with a D A. What? What? Steiner have told Gregory about Dave. I don't. I think so. Maybe like in minor <laughs> fasting is like this one dude who we've had to deal with a couple times, but I probably never mentioned his name. <laughs> I am sorry, Grant. I don't have anybody whose first name begins with a D-A that would be relevant. Has Steiner ever told you about this guy who we first met at a mountain and then we ran into again at the convention and he just seems to pop up every once in a while we also met him at uh 
Oh God, what is it? Uh, Disney World, Disneyland. World is the one in Florida. Land is the one here. Only offhandedly, I do recall such an individual being mentioned. However, a name was never given. Oh God. I need to remember this guy's name. Uh, okay. All right. This is this is just going to be a joke roll. I'm not going to actually. Are you still at the house? Are you still at the HQ? No, didn't, I'd be at my. Didn't Emery meet him at one point? Didn't. This is a full day later, and yes, Emery was present at Disneyland. Okay. All right. Hey, Gregory, I think maybe I know someone else who could help, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and give Emery a call. Very good, and good hunting. Please call me if you require further assistance. Will do. Alright, so I'll hang up and then I will give Emery a call. Uh, hey, Grant, what's going on? Hey, uh, so... Gregory found out that the last person for the knife stuff is known as the Blood of the Unimpressed. And I think it's that guy, that guy we ran into at Disneyland, but I cannot remember his name. Um... Starts with a DA. Uh, yeah, um, D David. Dave. Uh, Do we know his last name? Uh, I, I, I don't. Oh uh, God. Steiner knew it somehow. <sighs> Called him by his name when we met at Disneyland. Okay. All right. Well, Dave helps, and we know where his kid goes to school. So. I'm going to start looking at some stuff. So, uh, I'll let you know if I need a ride because of the obvious, because I don't think Steiner or Roxanne are back from their stuff yet. So I'm going to have to be the yeah. one to take care of this. Just, um, just, just let me know. All right, cool. I will, uh, I'll give you a call and hopefully not too long from now. All right, and then once uh, Grant hangs up with them, he's going to start hitting the internet and, like, seeing if Dave has, like, a Facebook page or... I don't know his last name. Are you just going to Facebook search for Dave? Well, I know the area that he lives in. Can I? And honestly, I never ever used Facebook in my life. Can you search for people by like how many, area? How many Daves could there be in LA? Like so five. Uh, <laughs> in, in in my in my searching for in the limited searching I've done on Facebook, uh, you search by name, and it does it first by relevance, okay. and then by uh, geography. Okay. You can search by city. You can search for Daves that live in Los Angeles. But I mean, yeah, like, but also, but like, wasn't it a specific suburb that he lived in? Because it was up in. Do you know where Dave lives? I I we ran into his kid during that one hunt with the weird parasite worms. So I know like what school district she's in. That doesn't help. 
the Los Angeles school, like the combined school district is the second largest one in the country, if I'm remembering right, or the largest. LA Unified is kind of fucking massive. And also sometimes parents have their kids out of district. I'm not trying to poo-poo on your idea. I just wanted to share that little uh, piece well, of I information. Mean, I mean, I like literally, I don't know how Facebook works. I've maybe been on Facebook one whole time. I don't like I looked at it and I was like, no, thank you. Low, low key here. Uh, I said it in the chat. I'm going to say it out loud. Dave strikes me as the kind of guy who'd make an angry post on the Facebook page for his daughter's elementary school if, like, he had a reason to. And, yes, schools totally have Facebook pages. I don't know if they did in 2012, though. I mean, I can always search for that. Like, uh, obviously, the the whole searching for him by name is, like, Grant does that. Because, I'm going to be honest, Grant also strikes me as the kind of person who 100% would not go on Facebook or any basically mass Facebook search Dave. D- he searches Render. he searches Dave and then it's like, "Oh, okay. This isn't going to work." Uh, Facebook. Bring <laughs> me Dave. <laughs> Facebook, I demand you bring me Dave. Acknowledged. <laughs> Collating 500,000 results. <laughs> uh hopefully the school is the kind of school that like jumped relatively early on schools having Facebook pages and uh, we can go from there. Okay, okay. I want you to roll me investigate a mystery. Okay. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. You get two. Okay, so, uh, what is being concealed here is the way I want to ask, is Dave, like, in the comments of the, uh, of the school's Facebook page? Okay, so, no, but, and it's because the school doesn't have a Facebook page, but Glendora Unified School District does. Okay. And as you search through that, there's no comments, but you do find that Glendora Unified School District has like a district PTA in addition to a school by school PTA. Mm-hmm. And Dave is on that. You recognize his face. Okay, yes. You I now will... have his full name. Congrats, Dave Wilson. Okay, thank God. All right, we can at least, if if this doesn't pan out, uh, then, well, I guess I don't need the internet to figure out, uh, where did it go, a.k.a. where the fuck does he live? I have his full <laughs> name now, so I can figure out where he lives. Yep. It, uh... It appears he doesn't actually live in Glendora. He actually lives closer to Steiner. Alright, uh, as soon Not as like I... Not like in Pasadena, but just to the northwest of it. Okay. I don't know what city that is, but it's the next city northwest of Pasadena. Alright, I will give Emery a call and tell them that I will be 
over momentarily with uh, with the teleporty bullshit, I have an address. You don't have an address, but you do have a city. Okay, I have a city, so we can hopefully... It's Burbank. Okay. You're going to Burbank. Okay, we're going to Burbank. All right. Uh, so I will call them, tell them, hey, we're going to Burbank. Uh, that's about as close as I could get. And then uh, do the teleportation shenanigans and be over there. Yep. And Emery is lacing up their shoes. Magpie is on her laptop and on the phone at the same time coordinating things. So she's not coming with. Okay. The two of you can load up into the minivan and take off. Do you get up to anything in the like 45 minutes or so it'll take to get to Burbank? Well, it's going to be weird because he won't remember me unless for some reason he's extremely naturally proficient in self-magic, but I don't think he is. So, uh, not that I can think of. Okay. So, you get to Burbank. It's a whole-ass city. That's true. I could be, I, I could be, like, looking on the way there. I could be, like, looking into stuff. Um, is there any way I can, like, help with the effort to find, like, a closer area than just Burbank. I don't know, my dude. You give me ideas. Um... You're the detective. Be a fucking detective. I am a detective, so let me do detective stuff. Try first. being a detective instead of a wizard, Mr. Yeah. Wizard Detective. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. Wait, that tracking spell that I had, would I have needed to be, like, in contact with him to do that? Or can I just use that? Like, if, no, since you, I, I, would, okay. you would have needed to be, like, within a range to do it. Okay, all right. Just, just making sure, because that... You would have had to have a, like, clear target that you could be looking at in order to utilize it. Here's a question. Do I have to be looking at that clear target at the current time? Or could I use magic to observe another place or time and cast the tracking spell on him through that? Huh... That seems like a big magic. Casting a tracking spell through time? That seems like a big magic to me. Yes. Because I know... Because the, the thing is, I know a time of when I saw him, and I know a place of where I saw him. So, I don't need to guess that. Because I remember bumping into him when we were dealing with the parasitic worm things. When I was like in trouble and I like had to go to McDonald's I just ha happened to bump into him. I could observe that time from that place and then try and cast the spell through there if, you're, if you'll allow it and tell me what the thing to do with the big magic is. Oh man, oh man, oh man. I am aware I am asking to pull some horse shit, but it is this creative is so horse shit. 
bulls shit, my dude. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So, so here's the thing. This is not a spell that you will be able to do on your own. You are going to need some assistance. Okay. Like, probably ten people's worth of assistance. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay. I... That's probably... Unfeasible, then. Is it? I don't know, I do have, uh... I do have a bunch of wizard gang friends I could utilize. Yeah, you're part of a fucking wizard gang. <laughs> wizard gang. All right. Yeah. So like, I'll I'll call up Miguel and I'll be like, Hey, Miguel, can you do me a favor that involves something that will save the world? I need you to tell me what it is before I can agree to it, Grant. Okay. I need as many people as you can possibly get at least 10 up to, and I'll give him the address to the, uh, the area that we were at when I bumped into Dave that one time. It was just outside of Willow Elementary School. Okay. So just just outside of Willow Elementary School, and you know, I assume you like give him the city that that's in. And yeah, yeah, all that good shit. Yep. Yeah, uh, hold on, let me see if I got people. And you can hear him like put the phone down on a countertop, and the line is just dead for several minutes. And he comes back. Yeah, I got like twelve people who got absolutely fucking nothing happening today. Okay, cool. Send them up my way. Uh, I need to do some horse shit involving magic. Okay. He'll hang up and you can tell Emery to reroute away from Burbank and get to Glendora. Yeah. Which is actually super close to home. Okay. And it takes like... 45 minutes to an hour before everybody shows up, but then all of a sudden just pulling up outside of this elementary school in a suburb that is like a block and a half away from a shopping center. Like six cars pull up and stepping out of them are uh, people that look like they live in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> Crank goes... Everybody, this is Emery. Emery, this is everybody. E everybody. <laughs> All right, uh, and then I'm going to give the rundown of what we're about to do. Okay, everybody understands. At least three people tell you that this is horseshit that absolutely oh. isn't going to work. Oh no, this is absolutely horseshit, and I'm hope and like while I'm hoping that it'll work, it. I'm expecting it not to, but it's the best plan I've got. Alright, what All else right. are you going so, to require from me? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, there's going to be a use magic roll. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually going to be two use magic rolls. One for the scry, one for the tracking spell. Yeah, that, that makes sense. 
Uh, pushing a spell down the time stream is probably going to take a while, so you might be casting this spell on the order of hours. Okay. And that's going to be a problem because you are standing on a sidewalk across the street from an elementary school, and it's the suburbs in Glendora. Yeah. yeah. Let's see, there's... 12 people here, right? And I need 10? Uh, it's counting you and Emery, it's 14, but yes, those numbers are correct. Okay. Can the extras put up a don't worry about it field? Like, just, we don't show up to people's visions, or if, even if we do? That typically takes at least three people to cast. Unless you're like, high-end mages, which nobody here is. Okay. Um, so, I would let it happen, but now the spell becomes more difficult, so you're working both rolls at a penalty. Okay. That is fine. Okay, okay. And then the last thing is going to be there's going to be a side effect. Okay. I always like that. I always. Uh, like it's it's always fun there's a side effect and with our house rule we don't know what that fucking side effect is until it happens it's great yup I, 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 I genuinely love it so you can break three Las Estrellas people off to get a leave us alone everybody field going but once that's established Everybody can pop a squat. Emery can get well the fuck out of the circle so they don't break everything with their presence. Because, <laughs> uh, by the way, when once uh, once one of the wizards came to, like, shake Emery's hand and then did, there was some shouting uh, for a few mo- moments about Emery being uh, a monster or cursed or a demon, or like a magic leech. And then, and then I was, and I was like, no, 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 no. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's just how they are. They're <laughs> fine. They're st- they are still human. Trust me. All right. So, uh, uh, and then you all can pop a squat and get to casting. And it, now, give me use magic. You got your arm back. So yes. you are making this roll net. Okie dokie. 15. Very nice. It still takes you about an hour to... Well, no, this one, it's it's fast. You're good at scrying. You're able to just, like, set this up, and you can get a clear vision of when you and Dave crossed paths on this spot. Now I need to use magic for the tracking spell. Again, rolling net. Okay. Eight. And eight. Well, here's the good news. Okay. You got an advanced use magic effect. Okay. Off of that last cast. So I am making your bonus effect promoting your result one result frame. Okay. So I'm turning your mixed success into an actual success. All right. No glitch. Cool. It still takes you like two hours to press the tracking spell 
backwards through time a couple of months. It requires more concentration than any bit of spellcraft you have done in your life, and several times it almost slips out of your hands and you have a brief moment where you panic thinking you're going to have to start over. But you manage to course correct and attach the tracker to Dave. Alright. And you get a sense of his location. He is to the northwest. More west than north. Some tens of miles away. Not a hundred, so well within range of your spell. Alright. So, I will say, alright, got it. Uh, thanks everyone uh, for doing this and for being good sports. I owe everyone here food at some point. Food and drinks. Food and yes. drinks, yes. Uh, you, you will, uh, you guys weren't at the thing, so you'll probably forget it, but I won't. I'm gonna put all your names in my phone right now and with a note, buy food and drinks, and you'll, I'll ask you later. You get a bunch of, like, you know, claps on the shoulder, claps on the back, shake hands. Yep. Everybody just saying goodbyes. They don't know you, but you've got the pin. Yeah. So they know you. Yeah. Your family. And like, like I said, like, I'm being true to my word. I owe them food and drinks. Even though they won't remember me saying I owe them food and drinks, I'm going to get them food and drinks. Yeah. All right. So, Grant, it's past sundown now, especially because it's fucking December. Yeah. Uh, but you know where Dave is. What do you do? Uh, I would like to go to Dave. Lead Emery to Dave. You can lead Emery to Dave. It's a nice car ride. You stop for dinner at fucking Farmer Boys or something, because it's past dinner time. Yep. We're working hard. And you get to this quiet little suburb in Burbank. And there's. You can correctly identify the house. There's a car in the driveway, and the lights are on inside. Alright, uh... I would like Emery's help with this, because I'm pretty sure just going up and being like, Hey, you don't know me, but... <laughs> so, I'll I'll go up with Emery, and uh, then ring the doorbell, which I assume exists. It does. Okay. It isn't Dave who opens it, it's a teenaged girl I f don't remember if you were no you went home after the Oblex fight right did you actually let me ask did you stick around at AX I after the Oblex was taken care of don't think so no wait no I because I remember yeah. like we made we made a joke Grant about how, yeah, yeah, Grant, that's right Sinner that's right like, fuck this I'm covered in goo I'm leaving and Grant she was like, I'm covered in goo, but I'm far from the weirdest thing here, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> so then you might have been there when Roxanne ran into this girl in Homestuck cosplay with her dad, who is also in Homestuck cosplay. He's a good dad. And, like, banger cosplay. Like, high effort shit. 
She very much looks different now that she doesn't have, like, horns on her head and gray face paint with freckles painted on and fuchsia swim goggles. (laughs) She just looks like a normal 16-year-old now. Meanwhile, I look mostly exactly the same, except not covered in goo. (laughs) But she doesn't recognize you at all. No, she doesn't. Can't prove you're not constantly covered in goo. <laughs> I can't. Um, so she opens up the door, and I, I assume Grant, you look like yourself. You've got the fucking punk jacket up and everything. Yeah. And the brand on your face. Yeah. So she looks at you and everything that you are. And then she turns to Emery, who looks like an exceptionally normal person, and asks, Can I help you? <laughs> and I, I say I say in my breath, you know what, that's fair. Emery kinda looks looks at you a little bit apologetic, but also there's laughter in their eyes. I I, I, I look at them and I'm like, no, it's it's completely fair. But they turn back. Um uh we're we're looking for a Dave Wilson. <sighs> Dad, people at the door for you. She steps out of the door frame. You can see Dave step out from around a corner that looks like it leads into a kitchen, and he's toweling off his hands. And as he walks up to the door and he like flicks the porch light on so that he can properly see the two of you, he looks at Emery. And there's recognition, because he met Emery at Disneyland. Right. And, oh, okay. I know you. Um. I'm sorry, who are you? Yeah, uh, it's weird. You've met me a couple of times, but, uh, my name's Grant Harrison. You definitely will not remember me due to shenanigans of the supernatural, uh, variety. Oh, this is more of that shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's more of that and, shit. And then he, like, real cluck looks around, looks over his shoulder, <laughs> and then he turns back, and there's a bit of relief on his face. Okay. So, there's something big happening. And this is going to sound absolutely insane, but I Give think... Give me your blood! <laughs> that's what i'm trying to avoid um this may sound absolutely insane but you might be able to help with it (sighs) kind of scrubs at his face all of it you know it would figure okay so um how Please do not think of me as some gigantic weirdo when I say this, but we need a bit of your blood. You're a spell I would like you to roll me manipulate someone. Yes. Eight. An eight. Okay. Um... On a 7 to 9, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. Pinches the bridge of his nose. <sighs> I'm sorry. 
for what exactly? We need to make a knife out of it, and to show you that I'm not- That's not helping. No, 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 but to show you that it's like, I'm I'm not bullshitting you. Uh, we needed my blood to do it as well, and like, it's, it's just, it's like donating at the Red Cross, essentially. Except it's some magic save the world nonsense. Yes. He looks at Emery with this look on his face like, I will believe whatever you say, whether you tell me this is true or a pile of lies, but please give me an answer here. <laughs> and Emery just kind of shrugs and looks apologetic, but nods. Yeah, um, you're, you're on a list, and I, I, I appreciate the, 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 the cosmic irony of destiny, but yeah, it's you, and it was him, and it was eight others. And he just kind of carts his hand through his hair. <sighs> okay. One condition, though. Yeah? I need... I need to know an address. For you people. So that... I can send the cops at you if you're trying to hex me or some shit. You know what? That's completely fair. And due to magic horse shit, I'm not even going to give you my address. You just forget it. So I will leave it to my superior to give you an address. Emery's brows kind of shoot up. What? Are you calling them your superior? Because that's like the first time you've ever been that deferential to them. I'm trying to be nice to this guy so he can give me his blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fucking sins. <laughs> uh, so uh, I need you to roll uh, manipulate plus uh, persuasion. Making a vampire the masquerade show. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I already rolled and I got an eight, what? <laughs> but no, you have you have fulfilled the requirements of the manipulate someone. And uh it says Okay. The address and then wherever we gotta go to do this. If we can do this here, that'd be great. Otherwise, you will have to wait. Well, I get them situated. Oh no, like that—that's perfectly fair. Like you've got a family you gotta worry about. So, um, would we? I don't. We wouldn't be able to do it here, would we? We wouldn't have the equipment. There's a mobile blood drawing device that Steiner created that Roxanne used on yes. the blind heir and Correct. the lover. Correct. Yes. So we could actually do it here. Um, so I go, yeah. yeah, yeah, we could, we could do it here. We have a thing. You had to pass through Pasadena to get to Burbank. You absolutely could have yeah. slid into Steiner's place real quick and picked that shit up. Yep. Hi, Gregory. Grabbing this. Bye, Gregory. Hi, Mr. Steiner. Okay, bye. 
And yeah, uh, he won't invite you in. He'll take you into his garage. Again, that's fair. <laughs> Just he'll, he'll like tell you it's quite out in front of the garage. I'll be right there. Then he closes the door in your face and presumably like talks to his daughters. I have to deal with these weirdos and it'll be just a minute, but stay out of the garage. I, I turned to Emery and I go, that went better than I expected. If a weird person came to me, came to my door and said, I need your blood, I probably would be a lot more weirded out than he was. Well, I, uh, he's, he's the unimpressed, right? True. I mean, it's, it, he, he's gotta be for it to fit. And then, you know, he, he knows me. He, he was, he met me when we were caught in a time loop. So I, yeah. he, he, he's, he's been through the ringer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he has. And then the garage door slides up and he pulls out a, not deck chair. What am I thinking of? What are the, what are those calls? The kind of like fold up chairs that you take to the beach. Beach chair. I think they're just called beach chairs. Yeah. Okay. See. So yeah, he unfolds a little foldable outdoor chair, one of those ones that's on like teles not not telescoping legs, but legs that like fold up in triangles, and it's got the the kind of thickish cloth material that you sit in, and there's like no under support beyond the tension of the material. He just sits into it and rolls up his sleeve to blood drawing height he's wearing long sleeves because it's the middle of fucking December mm -hmm. and he just lays his arm out and rests his hand on the opposite fist and looks at the two of you like let's go already alright and then uh, we will draw the blood and As that's happening, Emery gets a little pad of paper and writes down what you can tell if you check over their shoulder is their actual home address. Folds it up and passes it to Dave. And then the machine dings. Blood draw is complete. All right. And then uh, Grant will reach into his backpack and hand him a wrapped famous famous cookie. Thanks. I have dinner inside. Yeah, but you gave blood. Look, it's a, it's a rule. When you give blood, you get a cookie. Whatever. <laughs> You're a weird little man. I hope I never see you again. <laughs> think about you ever. Yeah, I was trying to formulate a way for him to call Grant an exceptionally weird individual. <laughs> Beat me to it. That's fine. Grant would be like, yeah, I know. You get to keep the cookie though. Like just because you think I'm weird doesn't mean you don't get a cookie. Anyway, cool. Thanks. I'll probably put it straight into the trash because I don't actually trust anything you give me to be put in my body. That is fair. That's why I gave it to you still wrapped, but that is fair. Anyway, thank you. Uh I'm Good luck saving the world, I guess, if things fall to shit, I Well, not you, but points at Emery. Pissed off at you. He just kind of shrugs and nods. All right. And then after we walk away, Grant says to Emery, 
I didn't want to ruin his night by saying he probably wouldn't be alive long enough to be mad at you. I mean, you know, if, if we fail, who knows how bad things will get and how quickly. Maybe he'll have days of the world falling apart to realize that we fucked up. Maybe. Also, your sense of decorum is impeccable as always, Grant. <laughs> At least I waited until he was a, out of earshot to say that. Yeah. So the two of you can load back up into the minivan, drive to Steiner's lab, and drop off the blood vial. Unfortunately, you can't actually start the process yet. You can go fetch Qualia, but that's not useful right now because you need Margaret, and she's somewhere in the Deadlands. So you have to wait for Roxanne to get back. Okay. So it's at this point that the timelines collapse. Roxanne and Steiner, your phones have been blowing up. I have found the 10th name. Please respond immediately so that we can get on it. Grant is on it. Grant believes he has located a possible individual who may be the target. Grant has procured a vial of blood, but we do not know if it will actually work, and we cannot test that until we retrieve Qualia. Well, I get started on my end of things, I guess. Well, actually, I guess we should test the blood before I go get Mark. Yeah. Steiner, you can go retrieve her. It's not a big ask. And when she works the blood into an ore and checks it over. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. The most nonplussed blood you can never see. You'll ever see. Yeah, I guess it's magic blood. Sure. Yeah, I guess this blood's magic. <laughs> I guess this has, like, the kind of features that Destiny might hinge about. It's not a big deal, really. Yeah, I guess you could make a knife out of it. I, it might not be the greatest knife. But you could do it, I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna go get Margaret. <laughs> I yep. can't wait to see what fucking wave of energy comes out of this one. <laughs> It's just the, the biggest wave of ennui. Yeah, I was just about to say it's the biggest <laughs> wave of fucking ennui ever. Yeah, you can retrieve Margaret. She can pull the fire out of Steiner's crown, get that shit melted down. Martin can get to work on it, and Grant, you find out that uh, Lolo has finished a prototype of the forging catalyst and actually like has it here for Morton to use as soon as it's ready, so he actually does incorporate it. I'm gonna text, um, Ashley a heads up. Hey. Yeah, no, yeah. Shit's about to get kind of (laughs) weird. And the forging process instead of 12 hours takes six. But it does only take six hours. Okay. And when it all comes together and there's the great outpouring of mana that 
strains all of your batteries and protection spells, Steiner. Everything in your lab is screaming at you in protest. Along with it comes, as always, a, a, a feeling that pairs with the nature of the knife, and well, it, it's not ennui. It's... It's more of a sense of... You've seen it before. You've seen this before. You've done this before. You know this. You get it already. You've been doing this for so long. You understand. Nothing can surprise you anymore. Whatever comes at you, you're gonna be good for it. Because you've seen it already. And there's a kind of comfort in that. Comfort that... At the very least, you know, maybe you can't... Go toe-to-toe with a dragon. Maybe you can't... Collapse the heavens into a black hole. But you've seen so many things, you've done so many things, that... You're ready for whatever's coming next. And then Morton comes up out of his forge and presents you all with the knife of the unimpressed. So whose blood was it anyway? Dave's. I remembered his name. Good for you. Wait, Dave, really? Yeah, Dave. Did you have to save him once? Yeah, I kind of saved his life one time. I kind of also, like, slashed his tires in the process, but, like, it's pretty much even, right? I mean, every time I've met the guy, I've wanted to slash his tires, so it's perfectly understandable. Yeah, Why? Because you're kind of an asshole. I am kind of an asshole. I mean, he's kind of, like, not thrilled with us, but every time we show up it's because bad shit's about to happen. Okay, that is fair. He's just, like, abrasive. Dude's fine. Except for a couple of times we just ran into him randomly. He sold you your car, Steiner. That's what I said. A couple of times we just ran into him randomly. (laughs) Also, you talk a lot of shit about, like, hey, we've seen all this, but last time a dude turned into a meat mech. I definitely never seen that shit before. <laughs> but you've seen it now. <laughs> yeah. Was Dave is Dave like ex-military or something? Not to your knowledge. You haven't exactly like sat down and chatted with him about his life. Hey, I know you kind of don't like us at all. But Do you wanna have a long talk about your backstory? <laughs> but what the fuck is your deal, my dude? What is up with you? Also, I mean like, yeah, we've seen it all. The only way I'll be surprised is if, say, a giant hole opens up in the sky and a dragon head gets severed, uh, while a man who's obsessed with burning down three states to rule an empire just suddenly reveals to the world that magic is real. I I doubt that'll happen though. What an oddly specific thing <laughs> to say. <laughs> That's that's pretty blasé by this point, I think, <laughs> for you guys. I mean, let's be real. You discovered that for the last 5,100 years, a titanic weapon of mass destruction has been sleeping in the California fault line. 
What, a dragon shows up? Oh, I'm so fucking impressed with your move, my dude. Oh, you're gonna burn three states down? Whatever, my state is bigger than all three of yours put together. Fucking shrug. Get on my, my level. Water. For the last 5100 years, a hole to the afterlife has been open in the desert in my backyard. Anyway. Get on my level, you fucking weirdo. I mean, honestly, that just makes sense. I always thought that place was weird. So, nine knives down, one to go. And you have a plan for that tenth one. Yeah, hopefully six hours will get cut down a little bit more, but six hours is a good start. Yeah, she still has a few more days to work on it. Yeah. So, Steiner. I had just arrived in my lab and my phone blew up. No, and, and then we forged the final knife. Well, not the final knife, the knife. I thought they, knife. I thought they did that while I was. Uh... Yeah, oh wait, no, because I yeah. have. I need. Yeah. Yeah, you had to get Qualia. So that happened, you know, shortly after your return. It hasn't been too long since then. My phone blowing up was just Gregory being like, Oh, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Are you okay? Where are you? Tell me, text me when you get back. Where are you? Dad, Dad, I found the thing, Dad. Dad, I need you to help me with the thing that I found. Dad, I'm you going to do a flip. You told me you would text me at nine. Dad, watch, I'm going to do a flip. You would text me when the movie was over. Dad, Dad you weren't even looking, Dad. Dad. can you get McDonald's on the way home? <laughs> I want a happy meal. I can't eat it, I just want to stare at it. <laughs> so, with the ninth knife forged and you successfully fully dehomunculized, what do you get up to now? It's like the 12th, and the timeline advances on the 16th. So, you've got like five, six days. I, did I say 16th? I'm an 18th. Hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, I guess I gotta catch the gang, my little personal gang of Morton and Gregory up on what exactly went down. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna skim mm -hmm. through the research notes of Mr. Fleshy. Okay. So, again, it's stuff that you won't be able to like actualize on without a couple months of hard research but you do find a couple of uh, just interesting notes like notes on how certain kinds of magic interact with human biology uh, towards the back you find like a notepad pressed in between the pages the book is slightly held open by them and it's a list of names and addresses, and there's like a, a heading at the top that's viable subjects. 
it's definitely going to circle back on that one once the world isn't about to explode. So, towards the... None of the names stand out for you except for one. Precisely one, in fact, at the very bottom. One Dave Wilson was selected for abduction. Well, that explains the whole kill this guy immediately thing. It's a pretty good thing we nipped that one in the bud. You know what? I'm going to pass that information along just in the group chat, just so everybody is like, oh yeah, okay. Just so we all have some closure there. Yeah. Roxanne can finally understand why it was so mission fucking critical to not come back to this later. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Grant jokingly this time replies, who? This is the one time that, from now on, forever, Grant will remember Dave. So, anyway, um, aside out of just pure intellectual curiosity and kind of like, I think I mentioned something about trying to figure out how he replicated the effects of the, uh, Snallygaster. Not the Snallygaster, what is the fucking thing? Mocula. The wretch. The wretch. Oh, wretch, wretch, okay. The wretch's claws. Uh, the main thing I'm trying to find if is there's, like, I'm f fucking figuring. Why well, I don't know why I cursed there. It was that was an extraneous fuck. Um, <laughs> the main thing I'm trying to find is, I figure we need. So this is like what I want to do for my downtime anyway. Uh, we are absolutely going to get kick shit kicked out of us in this fight. And we have some healers, but probably not enough to go around. So I want, I'm making some healing items. And I figure maybe there's some stuff in here. Maybe I can retool some of this flesh magic stuff into healing. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good idea. So, uh, why don't you just start me with a sharp roll? Just like, uh, how well do you study? Eight. Eight. Not great, but not bad. Yeah. So the, uh... You, you can't parse, like, everything perfectly because this guy is, like... Half off his rocker. Yeah, he's... He was, I should start talking in the past tense, Silas was uh, highly eccentric, uh, pretty mentally unwell, and old. So his system was very personalized. So not everything is just like a one-to-one, -one, okay, this means this, this means this. There's a lot of like slang in his notebook that doesn't make any sense to you, but probably made perfect sense to him. A lot of shorthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do get some general ideas about like manipulating life energy. I got a starting point, because I can't, like... I know healing spells are a thing, but I don't know... I don't know, like... What I'm envisioning, what I want to happen here, uh, and especially since uh, Emery has the, you know, the anti-magic stuff embedded in her skin, uh, I'm kind of envisioning, like, an EpiPen kind of deal where everyone can just, like, carry this and just jab themselves if they get 
in a bad way. I don't think I'm going to pull anyone back from the brink of death, but, you know, edge our bets here. Somebody's yeah, going to get yeah, yeah. a sword in the gut again, and they're going to need some healing. <laughs> Alright. So now, I will give you this. I will give you this. You have sort of inadvertently, even before this, made yourself the best one in the room at healing. Like, not counting Roxanne's lay on hands, you have the medic hit skill, so you're real I mean, good at first aid. That's like actual, you know, physical healing, not magic so much. Yes. Maybe it is. I don't actually know. But also, there is a choice on destructive genius that you've never picked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I was actually thinking about that. Here's the thing. I think it has to be a weapon, though. So... I think that's just, like, a grenade that will... I think that's just lifesteal. Except I think... I'm pretty sure life drain is already a tag. Like, specifically a tag. Chloe, if you could weigh in on this, on your monstrous attack. Natural attacks. Life drain. One harm, intimate, life drain, life dash drain. Yeah. So what I, the way I've been parsing that is that it would replace harm with healing. Which is like, okay, it's still this amount of harm, but now it's a heal instead of... Yeah. My bullets will heal you for negative damage. I'm curious how that would work with the... And it blows up for two harm area one. Is that not uh, just the heal grenade? No, that would probably still hurt. It would probably be that the device self-destructs and causes a boo-boo. But you can heal for more than you hurt for. So, what I was thinking is, I, well, I guess we can kind of combine these, is I still have the fabrication workshop. You do. So I can, like, use tool, I can use uh, Destructive Genius to kind of prototype out a healing thing, and if that works out, then I can try to mass reduce it with the uh, fabrication lab. Mm-hmm. So is that the direction we want to go? That sounds like a, a good starting point. I have further ideas that will come up as we go along, but that's a good direction for us to take this. Mm -hmm. So, how about you start with a destructive genius move? Well, there's a ten. Well, there's a ten. All right. So default Two harm, magic, close, loud, one use. You can pick two. Okay, let's do because um, I haven't used this one before, and this seems pretty useful in this case. Uh, maybe used up to three times, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. And then the second one is healing and messy. So, so I tinker with this. I've. 
successfully managed to transfer a healing spell into a kind of a compact portable form. That should also hopefully work around uh, Emery's, you know, anti-magic implants. Alright. Now, I do want to ask, how does the messy tag come into play? Because you're talking like an EpiPen, which is a good idea, but the messy tag would kind of imply like you're spraying on a healing goop. So how is your EpiPen messy? Good question. Can we... Like... Synonym this as... Complicated? Hmm. Okay, okay. I like that idea. Complicated how? Well, I mean, it is still a spell. And I'm trying to, you know, make it so that non-magical people... Uh, can still use this. Like, just like a Joe Smo could pick this up and heal themselves with it. So it's going to have, like... Maybe instead of, like, a free instant healing, it's like, you gotta fucking roll to be able to properly use this. Yeah, that works. That works. Like, depending on how well you roll, like, if you get, like, a 10 plus, you can take another action with no penalty. Like, if it's a nine, miss, because... Okay, here's what I'm thinking. This is... Mm -hmm. So, maybe up to use three times... Maybe used up to three times, hopefully. Maybe, like, on a miss, you can fucking break this. Maybe not break, but it uses two charges instead of three. How about but that? You still only get like the one healing. You'll get you'll get to hear heal twice instead of once, or instead of three times. Okay. So yeah, it's a little complex. It's not like the simplest. It's not like the simplicity I was envisioning. But you know, that's planning stages. I've actually prototyped this out, and hey, it's a lot more complex to do this than I originally imagined. But it works. It just needs a little bit, like, of a, like a basic instruction before you use it. But I've condensed a healing spell into, like, a compact, portable form that the layman can use, and hey, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Now I just gotta mass-produce these things, because we're gonna have a lot of dudes, and a lot of dudes equals a lot of dudes hurt. Yeah, you're, uh... I believe in total it's, like, 20 people? Well, the good news is if I roll wall well, well enough fabrication, I can just make as many as I want. Also, to be fair, that's 20 people that we are aware of. We don't know if other people are bringing more people or if there's going to be some, like, some prizes that we can bring, etc., etc. I feel like it's a bit cheap for me to just, like, roll it. If I roll it and I can just make infinite of these. Well, I... I have something in mind for that, but why don't you give me the roll to start? Well, just a straight up miss. That's never happened. Huh. On a miss, you've crafted the wrong thing. Huh. Oh no. Whoops, I've made a con. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of my heel gun, I just made a gun gun. <laughs> it's time to make 20 more of them and throws them in a pile. Mad scientist, no moral sense of right and wrong. This will heal you, but it will kill you first. Wizard means it's like double on it. So yeah, 
not actually sure how this plays out. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Give me a minute here. You've crafted the wrong thing. Okay, okay. So here's what happens is you draw up the, you know, the the technical, like, human science blueprint part of it, and then also the... And then you have, like, the formulation for the actual, like, magical substance that's going to be injected into the user. And you set those onto... You, you set those into your fabricator, and the, like, EpiPen comes out just fine. But what comes out of the magical substance fabricator is wrong. It's drawing off of your batteries to, like, actually fabricate this stuff, and those are full of shit from the knives, which are, like, instruments of cosmic death. So what you've actually created is an EpiPen full of poison. Hmm. Well, that is this... that is... That has its own use, but, um, not what I need here. I'm just going to file this away for possible use later. <laughs> so, unfortunately, while you can definitely create the injection device just fine, you're gonna need to go elsewhere to get the, like, magical fluid the, the healing juices that people are going to put inside themselves. Or else you're going to need to purge all of the batteries in your lab. Hmm. I still have a perpetual motion device. You do. Also, I completely forgot to um, do my gear. Well, you've got a whole nother week after this one. Yeah. I think I'll probably just upgrade the laser cannon. Yeah, um, that might be good. Or you could take the goop gun. The cap gun. No, wrong vowel. So I could purge the batteries and kind of refill them, but that would probably take a while. Yeah. I'm trying to think what would be a good source of energy that I could Like, I'm blanking on where I could find enough power to do this. Well, if you are completely out of ideas, you can always throw dice at the problem and maybe try and bring some information out of your friendly DM. Like, one idea I have is that maybe, like, I'm looking at, no. Like, well, I'm trying to think, hey, one of the, maybe is one of these energies antithetical to healing, maybe? Yeah. Regarding, you know, the knife energies. Knife energy would be a good name for a techno thing. Uh, I wonder if I can't just, like, try to filter this a bit. Huh. Build a filter. I mean, like, not... Well, it's magic, so I don't know if that applies, but like a step down or a step up, maybe I can 
kind of work this a little bit. Yeah. You have another move. It's just called science. And I say that because it has an explanation point at the end. And I think that's how you're supposed to say science if it has an explanation point at the end. Of course. But I don't know if it's strictly applicable in this case because it's like it's for really big and complex stuff that you need. So uh, throw throw a set of dice at me. Okay, what set? What kind of set do you want to throw at me? Either sharp or we weird. I'll take either one. I'm trying to decide what exactly I want to do here. Like if I want to determine that if it's like if I want to determine if it's even possible to kind of filter this energy into a more usable state, what would I roll for that? Uh, honestly, I think either way, it, it actually should be a sharp. All right. Nice. Okay. So there's two ways that you can approach this. You can either filter it or get a different source. And either way, I'll tell you, good resource, probably the Feywilds, since they're big magic central. If you want to figure out a filter, that sounds like the kind of magitech solution that the Winter Court would be pretty good with. If you want to just outsource your life energy supply that would either be spring or summer. I feel like we haven't messed with the winter court in a while. Yeah, alright. So what do you do? I mean, I guess I'm gonna head over to the winter court and see what the uh, soggy and heavy, is that right? Did they say that? Mm -hmm. See what they're up to. Cool, cool, cool. I should also probably try to bring a sample of this particular Ginefeo. That would probably be useful. Yeah, you can just like unplug one of your storage batteries and take it with you. Just warmly ask Magpie if they can get me to the Winter Court. Just got a little errand to run. Yeah, she tells you that she could use a break from all the phone calls. Yep, then, uh, switch a jacket to it and want to catch a chill. <laughs> She'll run the relay stations to get into your lab and then set things up to escort you into the winter court. And as you teleport in, the, the cold snap isn't quite so bad as it usually is because it's mid-December in Southern California, so it's cold-ish. It never snows around here, or at least it hasn't in a long-ass time. But it gets down into the 50s at night, sometimes the 40s. Uh, and as always, Janai Arachnotois is there to greet you. <laughs> she bows to the both of you. How have you two been? It has been quite a while since you last visited. 
It's been uh, busy. Magpie just kind of looks down at herself, which is now like 19 instead of 9. And eventful. But all things considered, we're doing. we're doing fine. The court is in a bit of a state right now. The queen has been. agitated. And whenever anybody asks her about it, she always mentions you. But in, a, mm. in an oblique way. None of us really know what's going on, but it has something to do with you. She has a suspicious look on her face. And then perhaps we can help, if you feel that's uh, appropriate. Well, I will take you to her. Lead the way. Three of you make your way out of the transportation square and through the main promenade into the open-air throne room. And the queen and prince are both in today. The prince looks like himself, as he always does every time you get there, young, full of life. The queen looks kind of haggard. Like, it's, it's not hyper-obvious because she's ultra-elf. So she shows all physical debilitations less than anything else in existence. But that just means it's that bad that you can read it on her. Posture is slightly hunched. Her skin is a little bit more pale than it usually is. There's the slightest evidence of bags under her eyes. Give a your majesty and you know, give my bow. Ah, Dr. Steiner, Magdalena. Wonderful to see you two again. It's nice to see as you were as well. We were here to kind of exchange ideas with some of your scientists, but um understand that you're having some troubles? I just... I know how little time there is left. And it's weighing on me. Oh. Just... Uh, is there is there anything we can do? Um, be happy to do it. It's there is, but it is not quite ready yet. My siblings and I are putting something small together that we would like to give you before you depart. We haven't finished assembling it. Appreciate that you're thinking of this in this stressful time. I can, can't imagine what this must be like for you. Um... So, in the meantime, you are here to see the court scientists. Yes, um, not to be... I'm... Hold on, I gotta collect my thoughts. My brain is all kind of frazzled. It's fine. And I'm sorry that this is, um... 
sorry to hear about, well, everything that's affecting you. That's terrible too, God! <laughs> you could just let it ride. You could just be... There's nothing good to say here. Sometimes the right move is to say nothing at all. Sometimes there's nothing... Sometimes there is no right thing to say. Yeah... Think of anything to say, just yes. Well, we were going to have a little meeting of the minds with your with Sagi and Mahebi, um, but we thought it prudent to drop in and just fairly say hello when we heard you were. I appreciate it. It is what it is, there is no helping it. But some of my siblings may think it is for the best for the overall good of the courts so it is best to dwell on it as little as possible she motions down the main hallway of the palace you know the way to the labs right if is anything you can that we can do to help it and anything at all just please let me know I shall and magpie just kind of takes you by the hand and like gently pulls you to like get your feet started I guess we're out of your show that was, that was awkward as hell yeah I don't think there was a good way to do that no, that was kind of a no-win scenario. <sighs> but, but, you could put it behind us, and you could do cool science stuff. A little bit concerned that, um, she did say that her siblings weren't all super on board. I mean, I know they're not thrilled at the prospect, but uh, my understanding was that they all agreed that it needed to be done. Well, they agreed that it needed to be done enough to give us the blood for the knife, so we got that far. Mm -hmm. And they're all bound to not invade Earth, so they're, they don't have a lot of options for stopping us. You have... Eh. Hmm. Well, like when Ryan said, it's best not to twit on these things. Hopefully. Hopefully. If it becomes a problem, we'll deal with it when it becomes a problem. Right. Let's focus on the problems we can solve now. With that, you turn the last quarter into the much warmer underground laboratory space. Two of you can strip out of your heavy winter coats and find the head scientists. Sagi and Mihevi are looking over a map. <clears throat> Both, well, Sagi perks up. Mihevi, as always, just kind of has a lazy turn to her head to look at you, and then, oh, hello, hello, hello. How have you been? How have you been? Um, quite busy. How have you been? 
very good. Things have been keeping a pace. Uh, we actually have uh, managed to complete a magical superconductor. Really? May I see? Absolutely, you may. And uh, while you're here, you can actually take a look at this. Butler came back with this map. He's a brilliant hmm. cartographer for a machine. It's quite impressive. Well, actually, we're worth... Uh, on our side, we do use uh, machines quite often to as cartographers, but uh, not quite the same, but well, let's have a look here. I can't give you just well, actually, that <laughs> Well, I mean, I just like, hey, you know, we actually do that too. I mean, it's not exactly one-to-one. -one. Our cartographer robots are in space, but... <laughs> oh, man. What does outer space look on the Feywilds? That's a project for another well, day. They're all on the back of a turtle. <laughs> oh, but as uh, me heavy walks you through a highly detailed map of a couple of hundred square miles surrounding the winter court palace as elevation markers foliage density markers Lakes are detailed with measurement for thickness of ice. Rivers are marked. This is, um, I would imagine it could take him quite a long time to fully map out the winter court, but this is impressive. <laughs> well, I mean, a quarter of infinity is still infinity. Yes, so quite a long time. Hmm. But we can keep making replacement parts for him for as long as he likes. We've basically got his design figured out. Seem to be happy? Happy enough, yeah. He's pretty excited to bring this back. Seemed real pleased with himself. Is this... I don't want to... I don't know. Is this, like... Is this actually uh, useful? For you? Uh... Or the court? Was it? Not yet. This is still within civilized territory. But if he starts pushing out into the deep wilds, that'll be some information we can get some good use out of. Tend to be a lot of really rare materials out there. Harder to get a hold of this close to the center. I'm glad he's found his calling, so to speak. And then Soggy comes out, and wrapped in cloth, she's got this crystal. It's very thin. Steiner, you're a video game nerd, so you might have played System Shock, so the idea of a monomolecular crystal might have occurred to you as you looked at this thing. Element or something, but yeah. It catches light in a very weird way, and as she hands it off to you and you take it in your hands, you can feel how well it's conducting the sort of like ambient mana that you just put out naturally. It feels good to hold this thing. Can you reproduce these in any capacity, or is this a proof of concept? Well, this is the proof of concept, but we have just about figured out the mass production line for it. 
it would essentially raise the efficiency of everything that we do here. Having lower impedance on all magical flow, it would make everything better. So I imagine it's going to dramatically affect everything we do here. <laughs> when we figured out semiconductors, that was a game changer. So, uh, were you just here to check in on uh, what we've done? We're happy to show you our progress. Was there something you needed? Well, as much as I enjoy um, just kind of knocking heads with you, but not knocking heads, what am I thinking of? Putting heads together. Right, yes. I forget these things sometimes. Um, I actually wanted to bounce some ideas off of you. I'm trying to figure out... Um, I have a bit of an issue with some stored magical energy that I have in abundance. And I was trying to convert it into healing, uh, healing energy, but there seems to be some manner of... I don't want to say a contaminant, but it just doesn't seem compatible. But I've brought a sample here in a battery. The Mayhabi makes gimme motions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she takes it and she holds the two leads coming off of the battery, one in either hand, to create a circuit with herself. It's maybe not the best sight. Okay, you're a 52 Oh, this <laughs> is gross. Where did you... What did you do to this? Um, magical forging. I was giving off a lot of excess energy, and I thought to capture it, rather than it uh, just kind of wreak havoc on its own. Yeah, and she, like, puts it down and pushes the battery a little away from herself. Yeah, high enough dosage of that'll kill just about anyone outright. Well, that is its own uses, but, um... What I need it for now is kind of the opposite. So I'm trying to convert it. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I can I can think of two ways. We can either strip it of all of its qualities and just turn it into neutral mana or we can flip the polarity on it um i have quite a lot of this so i think just a general purpose would do quite well even if we end up with less of it total i i have a lot of this just as a byproduct of this magical knife-forging process. Okay, okay, okay. So then we want to filter it rather than changing it. Gotta just turn it into the generic stuff. Okay, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, this is a perfect test run for the superconductor. Well, how about that? Everything lines up. Give me some kind of, like, engineering role to... Help these two out, because the three of you are just going to immediately get to work on it. Yeah, um... I think most of my engineering stuff uses weird, so I'm just going to roll that. Eleven. Cool. So the initial test shows very good results. 
you wind up going back home, getting an empty battery, and you do have to dig around for a while to find one, because all your shit is filled to the brim. And bring it back, the three of you assemble a filter, which is just... It's a weird crystal with some circles etched into it that the scientists explain to you siphons off qualities the what the qualities that mana picks up as it is used for spell casting of some kind or, an or another and collects those qualities and then disperses them you wind up having to very quickly build a fume hood so the fucking hell energy that you're sucking out of the mana doesn't like accumulate in the lab as a gas for everybody to breathe in what is the half-life on hell energy <laughs> what is the half-life on cosmic death it's probably not short it's fine i'll just i'll just bury it in the dirt it'll be fine <laughs> Just stick some spikes No great deeds there. are commemorated yeah. here. There you go. <laughs> you actually do, like, just, just to test it, just out of curiosity, you get two of these filters going, one with the superconductor and without, and it turns out that the one without the superconductor does run at, like, one quarter speed. So you, you get a bunch of them fabricated... Not in short order exactly, but Magpie is keeping an eye on the timeline. Just to make sure that shit doesn't go bad on you. And... I mean, it, it takes a few days, Feywild's time, but you can, like, go home and chill out and just let time desynchronize. And then come back when that's done. And... All of your batteries are converted to neutral mana. Alright. Alright, so... Once again, I must thank you so much. You have been an incredible help. Yes, and um, thank you, thank you, thank you for such an excellent opportunity to test this. Still, I feel like I owe you uh, mostly because you have supplied me with these wonderful conductors. Um... Hmm. Well, I do suppose I have a surplus of neutral mana now. I could give you the design for the batteries. I have that. Oh, that would be good. I did notice, I did notice that these have a much higher storage capacity than the ones that we do. Ours are more naturally farmable. We can just pull ours straight out of the ground, but... The processing methods you use on yours would definitely help us out. Well, I had to meet a need quite quickly, so I kind of scrapped these together. I'll go fetch that. And then, you know, trade happens. Mm -hmm, Time mm -hmm. for conductor. And those trades made, you can shake hands with Saki and me happy, say goodbye, and head home to try again. Hopefully, 
not roll a five again. I don't see that happening because with all of the extra work you've put into it, I'm giving you a plus two to the roll. Okay. Do I actually get experience for that five? Because it did have consequences. Yes, you do. Okay. All right. Weird with a plus two. Mm-hmm. Eight. An eight. Okay. I rolled real bad on those today. Apparently. Yeah, a one, a one and a two on the first one, and a one and a three on this one. Okay, so you. I said that all of the, your stored mana got converted. Unfortunately, there was a lot of loss. So you don't quite have the volumes that you did before, which means that you can't just like make 10 for everybody. You can, however, make two for everybody. And that's for everybody in the California conglomerate. If anybody else winds up showing up, they're SOL. But for the 19 people in the California conglomerate, everybody's got two of these pens. That was considerably more work than I originally anticipated, but if it saves a life, even just one life, it was worth it. And now I'm going to take a nap. Roxanne, howdy. Howdy, what are we doing today? Uh, well, I said I was going to go back to visit those witches. Uh-huh. And that kind of aligns with what I wanted to do anyway, so... After a interesting ordeal in hell, I'm going back to hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Took a nap first, I assume. You know, slept for, like, 14 hours or something. Hey. After fucking two straight days on the back of a bone dragon, that's valid. Got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm not even- I'm still tired, but I cannot sleep anymore, so you know what, we're going with this. <laughs> I'm tired from being- from being asleep. So, yeah, I just, uh, I popped downstairs until- Emery, maybe Magpie, that I'm leaving to uh, go visit the Witch Coven one last time because I uh, promised to go back over there. And assuming neither of them go, hey, I want to go, I go. No. Emery doesn't know how their current situation will interact with your teleportation, and Good they point. don't want to find out right now, and Magpie's not home. I assumed Magpie wouldn't be home. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm going to hell. I'm doing that whole shebang. I pop in at the capital because it is the safest-ish place. And then I do the whole thing with the earring. I wait a couple minutes. And then I dip over to where the coven is at. All right. Oh, I do actually, before we get into that, I do actually make sure to bring, like, gifts this time. Like, Uh I I make sure to do it this time. What gifts? I 
mean, I know there was a list of things that they wanted at some point. Things that I had been asked for. Mostly food items. They're pretty yeah. good on everything else. So, like, you know, I get, like, food items. Like, snacks or things like that. Get Margaret a fucking big old bag of beef jerky. Absolutely. Everybody's real excited to see you, as always. There's some comments about you being back so soon. I said I was going to come back. So I guess I go to find- I go to talk to Agnes again. Mm-hmm. She is presently being Hildy's big sister, insofar as the two of them are playing weird make-believe with each other. And by weird make-believe, I mean Hildy is making everything slightly less make-believe. And making it more real, I understand. I don't know, I'd maybe join in, maybe just like, plop myself down and hang out a little bit. I'm not in a huge rush. Some of the weird little pumpkin monsters that Hildy has manifested come and just kind of hassle you. Not in a way that's actually like, causing you distress. But they're I a little bit up fall in your business. Over as if I am defeated. <laughs> as you plop down the sands of the Deadlands, you can hear an "Oh no!" And the two of them rush over to rescue you. <laughs> Completely adorable. Uh, yeah, no, I just uh, I don't want to interrupt. I mean, if they're having fun. You don't exactly interrupt, but eventually everybody can tell that you are here to talk to Agnes, and so she tells Hildy that they'll pick this up later. She has a guest to entertain. Millie's like, oh, yeah, gotta be good to your guests. God. So... Just, uh, you were saying something to me before I left the other day. I don't actually know how long it's been here. Time goes one-to-one, -one, Earth and Deadlands. Oh, okay, that's good, actually. I thought there might be some kind of weird dilation there, but... You were saying there was something, like, different about me? Right, yeah, so... You, uh, you remember when you and your brother came here? Right. So, uh, he could learn healing self-magic, right? And we practiced on you? I do remember that. Yeah, I've so... I've lost a few scars. Mm-hmm, 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 So, I got a real good look at yourself at the time, and I can just sort of, like, look at people's selves without having to go through a whole thing about it, like Grant does, because he's new. And mm -hmm. you have changed significantly since you were last here. It hasn't been that long. I don't know what I could have done to change that much, though. I don't know either. I don't think I've ever seen anyone change this much 
in a human lifetime, even. Can you, like, show me? I'm definitely curious about, uh, well, I don't think I've really ever seen, like, the self stuff, so I'm kind of curious about it. Yeah, I can absolutely show you. Um, take a seat, get comfortable, but also in the kind of position where you won't just, like, fall over and crack your nose if you just relax completely. Got it. You know, cross-legged, hands resting on my fists, elbows, like, planted into the crook of my knee kind of position. Mm-hmm. And... She walks you through, like, pulling your consciousness backwards into yourself, using your magic as, like, a hook by which to pull it. So I'd like you to roll me weird to get into yourself, to enter your liminal space. Okay. I got a seven. A seven. You struggle with it for a while. Maybe because you've had such a weird relationship with yourself. Lowercase and uppercase S for your whole life. Literally and figuratively, yes. Yeah. And you can tell that, like, at a certain point, Agnes kind of gets a little bit impatient, because, like, you know, Grant got it right away. You're the cool one. Why is it taking you so long? <laughs> the trick is, is that I am incredibly uncool, actually. But you do get it. You can feel the moment that your awareness, like, slides back and down into something core to your being, and the space around you is very different. You can blink your eyes open. And now that the circle is complete, everyone has been inside of the liminal space. It is this infinitely large, almost empty space where the outer edges in fire quotes are populated with an uncountable number of little golden lights. And behind you, there is something bright that is causing you to cast a very well-defined, very long shadow. I look at it? Yeah, so as you turn around, uh, first of all, Agnes is standing between you and it. She's in here and is like studying it. She's got like one hand cupping her chin and her, her other hand supporting the elbow. She's like stroking at her bottom lip. And in front of her, in front of you, is something that... So on the one hand, you look at it and it instantly feels more intimately familiar than anything ever has in your life. It's you, with a capital Y, looking at yourself. But it's... strange. 
has Grant ever described? I, I know we established that Grant described this whole experience to Steiner at one point. Has he ever described it to Roxanne? I feel like he probably would have, yeah. Okay. So then you know that the sort of standard way that selves are is they just look like human silhouettes made of a bright gold light. Yours is... human, but only sometimes. It has a royal to it. Uh, a fluidity to its form. It's always recognizably you. And I'm not saying that, like, sometimes yourself turns into a snake. It's nothing ever that traumatic. But, like, sometimes it's a little bit taller and broader, and sometimes it's shorter and slighter, and sometimes it looks like there's little peakings of wings on the back of it, and sometimes it looks like it's holding a weapon, and sometimes it looks like it's in some sort of like, like it's reaching out with one hand for you to take its hand like it wants to lead you somewhere. There's a a shifting to it that is like representative of all of the bits of you in a way that Grants didn't have. And actually as she notices you studying it, Agnes puts her hands together and concentrates a little, and then her self just kind of flows out from her to stand next to yours, and it is stable and gold, whereas yours is shifting, and it has a kind of, like, white base to it. It's a purer white than your angelic form. Yours is kind of like slightly off to eggshell, whereas this one is pure white, like zero, zero, zero. Huh. And Agnes's is stable and in just sort of like a neutral pose, whereas yours is shifting slightly between different forms and is actually like moving its hands a little bit. That's so weird. I mean... Like, I don't have a lot to judge based off of it, but I see what you mean. I I can tell you right now, I have never seen anything like this. I have looked at... It must be hundred, high hundreds of selves by now. None have ever looked like this. <sighs> My life just keeps getting weirder sometimes. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. It's... Stable? Not stable. What's the word I'm looking for? Harder? Stronger? Better? Fuller? Fuller. I can't nail down the words, but like something in the middle of all those words that I just said. No, I, I, I think I get it. No, it's just... I mean, I guess in a way it makes sense. I don't want to sound conceited here. 
spent a lot of time having to deal with myself. Capital S, I guess. But like, not in this context, but just in general. Like, I've been picked apart and put back together, and... I've done a lot of weird things. And I had to... Literally... Reconfigure myself at one point. So, like, it makes sense it would be a little odd. And, like, she, she keeps looking between you and yourself as you say this, and, like, towards the end of that, she's, like, quirking her head and squinting her eyes at it, and she, like, actually walks up to it, and she doesn't quite touch it, but she all she gets her finger real close to it and, like, traces some, a couple straight lines on it. There's words in here. There's words in here. Did you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. What in God's name? Uh, it's a name, actually, if I'm guessing correctly. Hmm. I, I can't. Do, do I have a name? And she, like, starts, like, putting her hands inside of herself and, like, seems to be moving things around. I don't have words in mine. I'm jealous now. I... It's... I mean, I don't know how jealous you really want to be about this. Like, I've never told... I guess I've never really told anybody, like, here about... What goes on with me. What went on with me. I was... I'm like... Some Roxanne Harrison... But I'm also, like, a bunch of other shit. Like, there was always a Roxanne Harrison, but somebody decided to put a bunch of stuff on top of that. To make me, who is still Roxanne Harrison, but a lot of other things. And part of that came with a name. Well when I changed what I was, I changed what my name was. And I guess that's probably why it's, like, here. I, you know, it was kind of haphazard. I'm not, I'm not the most elegant person with these things. So, yeah, I guess it would show up here. I... Oh, okay. I know how this sounds... I, I know how this sounds, but I want to put you under glass and study you for like a century. Um, I mean, I've got other things I gotta do for a century, unfortunately. I, uh, okay, I know, I know. It's you are one of a kind, as far as I'm aware. Thank you? This this is my field. This is what I've studied for my whole life. And here's this brain-melting anomaly. I don't know what to do with myself right now. Give me something to do, please. Okay. Um 
Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I, I know exactly. I know exactly. I've got a problem, and I think you can help me with it. Okay. So remember that part I said about being picked apart? Sure. So that was like a literal thing that happened to me. Like, two parts of me were like, pulled off of me by this big, like, by, by this big bad that I've got to deal with in like, um, a couple days. Like, you remember when I, you know, started being big and all stony instead of just being like, regular me? Yeah. Yeah, well, that was that was why they they had to like, well, that wasn't why, but like, that was part of it. Like, I got rebuilt, and then I met that guy, and then I got pulled apart, and then you know, I got I got like the horns because that was because they had to put me back together with some other stuff. And see, those parts of me that are pulled off, they're like independently moving around, but they're me in a way. Well, they, they were me. And... Uh-huh. I need to know how to deal with them, because... Uh, they're definitely going to try and kill me, and also Grant and Steiner and everybody else, when okay. I have to go deal with this guy. And if they're part of me, like, that means... Like, if they were part of me, I should be able to, like, do something... Do you get what I'm saying? Around the time that you said that they are going to try and kill you and Grant and Steiner and everybody else, she, like, slowly put her hands over her eyes and, like, started staring at the ground. She's just got her head in her hands. You're telling me... You're telling me somebody... Pour out and animated parts of yourself. Yes. I mean, like... I say someone, but I mean, like... Uh... In- infinitely old fae creature. Like, imagine the oldest thing you can think of. Probably older than that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. How do you fight animated fragments of a self? So, ordinarily that would kill you? That would kill you. If someone just tore out some chunks of yourself. Yeah, well, I did almost die. Yeah, the self has a kind of surface tension to it. If you tear big chunks out of it, it tends to kind of fall apart. You mean like what Grant did? Yeah, well, he... He sped it up. If he had just taken parts out of it, it would have all just fallen apart gradually over the course of maybe a decade. But he he just wiped it out pretty quick. Um, 
butt, 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 butt. Okay. So animated fragments of the self. How how you are they still? Well, I mean, they were me at the time. So, like... Also, I think one was bigger and one was smaller. I, I don't think I imagined that bit. Hmm. Okay, okay. Um, okay, I have... I have an idea. It's a little bit weird, but... I have an idea. Need your help. Come help me look for... Scars... On yourself. Uh... Oh, you know, I can do that really well, actually. Can I... I'm in myself, technically. I should be able to transform, right? Yeah. I transform into the form that ha what has all the eyes on it. The transformation's a little bit weird. You don't actually go through the transformation sequence. You just are that way now. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess this is a, like, this is just a space that represents something else. It's not technically real. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what would you like me to roll to look for scars either sharp or cool player's choice I'm gonna roll cool because that has the bigger number <laughs> I got an 8 you got an 8 okay you find a spot and it again it, it isn't like a quick thing you just like stick your head inside and just oh there it is you got a through it like you're unfolding the leaves of a very tightly packed bush trying to look for one that has a dot on the underside it's very slow and it's extra slow for you because you are maybe a little hesitant to mess with yourself so directly and explicitly Agnes is an old hand at this so she could just get fucking wrist deep inside of you when you don't feel a thing for you is a little bit of a gentler and slower process, but you do manage to find just a, a ring that is slightly off-color. I pointed out to Agnes, like, is this what you mean? I got like a... It's like a weird little ring? She comes over and looks at what you're talking about. Yeah! Okay. Okay. See, I thought that if be, just because yourself is so different, it might have left a mark. Those pieces were torn out of you. It would have been more obvious at the time, but since it's grown and healed and transformed so much, it's only this small. Okay. Well, uh, stand back. I'm going to try something, and uh, I apologize if this gets weird. Weird may as well be my middle name. Let's go. She c 
cups her hands around the scar, and there's a thrum of power that you can feel fill the entire space. And then she slowly draws her hands away, and there is this thin white thread that comes out of the center of the scar and just kind of goes out off into the distance. All right. She holds out her hand for you to take it. Let's go see what's on the other end. Yeah, let's do it. You take her hand and then just lightning fast, but with no G's to snap your head back, rock it out into the far distance to the end of the little thread and it terminates not as its surroundings do this far out you are up against the sort of wall of other selves out here they are all golden human shaped silhouettes but just sort of in in between two of them nestled in real tight is just this tiny white orb that pulsates real gently. Okay, we've got an orb. So I think, I think I had a hunch that just because of like, they were part of you that they might have left an other self behind and this is it so here's the thing it's difficult to do this way but you can affect people through their other selves normally it's really ha hard because it's an imp it's their impression of you so it's it has degrees of separation but I think it'll be easier for you because they were you there's less separation between you and them alright I guess the question is what should we do then that's up to you what do you want to do with it I don't I don't know if you'll be able to just kill them outright through this. And this is only one of them. We'll have to go back and look some more to find the other. Well, if it's this close... I... Honestly... This is gonna sound really weird, but it... Almost feels like it would be wrong to kill them. I mean, I guess they're like... God, this is such a long... This would take so long, much explaining, but basically, I've sort of, like, met them again in, like, a non-combat scenario. It's not like they're, like... They're not like robots. They're, like... They are... Things? Beings of their own, kind of? Like, they don't talk, but they definitely, like... They're independent. And if I have to get rid of them, I will, but, like... What if I just, like... Hmm. 
I wonder if I could do to them what made me immune to being, like, torn apart. But, like... Well, okay, sorry, sorry, I'm just talking to myself here, but... Could I... Just make them... Like... Independent from the thing that's controlling them? In theory? Since I don't know what the control method is, there's only so much that I could help you with that, but... Yeah, it's... This other self will have a direct line to their selves in a way that wouldn't ordinarily occur, so you could affect them more directly if you wanted to insulate them against something or control them in some way. Or... I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do to them exactly, but it should be possible. Well, this is gonna sound a little naive, but, um, like, if they are parts of me, then I want to make them independent? Like, I get that people are complex, but I don't think that there's a part of me that is, like, inherently evil in some way, I guess, for lack of a better word. So if I make them independent, then at the very least, maybe I can... They might, like, run away rather than me having to, like, outright kill them, which sounds like a lot easier of a job. Or, hell, maybe they might help instead of hurt. I don't know. I guess it would be up to them, wouldn't it? So... Yes, it should be possible. I can't think of a reason it wouldn't be. But I don't know how to do it. Well... If this were a more ordinary situation, if this were just someone, an ordinary person's self, yeah, I could modify them. I could change their self to value independence or not be controlled or any number of things. I don't know if I would because I don't like doing that, but I could. But I don't know if I could do it here. This would be something you'd have to do. Can you show me how then? Or at least Give me the theory. Well, the theory would be is I would learn the shape of their self. I know they all, and she just kind of motions at other selves. I know they all look the same, but if when you are at this long enough, you just you, you can learn to tell the difference. I would learn the shape of them, then I would 
find the parts of them that value one thing or don't value another thing, and I just run some power through it in the way that I like to change those parts. It's all about altering the nature of the self, which it sounds like you're already good at, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I think I get it. I think, like, I'm getting how I could do this, though. Because I know how I would do it. I think, if I could just, you know, get there. I say, like, gesturing vaguely towards the orb. What do you mean by there? I don't get it. I mean, if I could, if I could see their self up close, I could totally do it. So I have to do it from here instead. I know the words. Hey, uh, out of character. Mm -hmm. Can I try doing a magic? To what effect? Well. I figure there's this orb here that is mm -hmm. representative and connected to somebody, to something else. Mm -hmm. And I have a sympathetic token. I feel uh -huh. this is a pretty sympathetic token. Yeah. Another self is maybe the most sympathetic token? Yeah. So could I use magic to communicate with something that I do not share a language with in the context of can I sort of open a link between the other Roxanne and myself possibly including Agnes using magic at, and a sympathetic token being this orb I'll let you roll it yeah <laughs> Alright. I'm thinking about the word, but I'll make the roll. An eight. An eight. What is your glitch? Um, you know what? I feel like I never picked this one. Uh, that's a problematic side effect. Okay. So, how are you casting this? What exactly are you doing to get this link established I'm using I mean like I'm using right there's a name for it true speech Do okay it. okay and what word are you saying I feel word like, or phrase I was gonna use a, like the word I would use would probably just be like understand as in I'm trying to understand you and I want to un I want us to understand each other. If I can think of a phrase. God, it feels really cringy to say this, but like what if the phrase the phrase I use is just like create a dialogue in this context of 
I am just trying to communicate with this thing. Okay, okay. So, the trick is, and the unwelcome side effect is, Okay. Is that your use of the word dialogue. Dialogue has the implication of the other person talking back. Okay. So you talking directly to this fragment's self, it is perfectly symmetrical. It has the ability to talk directly to yourself. And while yourself is quite sturdy, it is not invulnerable. Well, I mean, I did it. Yeah, the link is open. Now, because you're still not doomed, it's still good DM etiquette for me to roll, for me to ask you to roll read a bad situation. Okay, I would like to roll read a bad situation then. So... I got a three, so it doesn't really uh, do any good. Oh, shit. Snake eyes. All right. Do I get experience from that? Yes, you do. Okay. All right. So, connection's open. What now? Well, I guess the first thing you always ask, the first thing you do is just say, Hello, can you hear me? You feel like a startle from the other side, and then a yes, hello, and it's your voice coming back at you, although slightly out of tune. Okay. So I send back, do you know who this is? Yes. Alright. Okay. So then, I'm not trying to... You know what? If this thing is part of Roxanne, then obviously Roxanne needs to talk to it, like Roxanne would talk to Roxanne. Or rather, talk to it in the way that Roxanne would want to be talked to. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to be up front and say I when I first got it into my head to communicate with you, I thought maybe I was going to try and force something on but I know I wouldn't like that and it would be wrong of me to do. So, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to do here. So instead, I'm just here to try and understand. Can I ask why? No, not even why. What's it like being you? Well, at first it was... 
confusing. Well, no. At first it was... I wasn't really conscious at first. I was just kind of acting on instinct for the first few minutes there. But now that I've had a chance to calm down, it's easy. Easy? Easy. I don't suppose you could clarify that for me. See, our whole lives, we've had this purpose, right? Sure. Been getting jerked around by these mysterious entities who want things from us but don't feel like telling us what it is because some reason or another, because they know better. Because they think it'll be easier. Yeah. And that fucking sucks. You're right. It's not like that for me anymore. I still have a purpose, and it's still someone else's purpose, which isn't great. But at least I have the whole picture in front of me right now. The two of us help him run out the clock, maybe kill some of you, maybe not, it doesn't really matter. And then we wipe everything clean. And then we get to do whatever we want until the end of time. Until our existence expires. No one has any more purposes for us after that. It's easy. It's simple. It's all laid out in front of me. I get it. And I don't really have any objections. Easy, huh? Yeah, because I don't have to sit and wonder the next time some asshole in heaven is going to modify my purpose or tell me that I'm doing things wrong. I don't have to sit and wonder the next time I'm going to be transformed. I have all of my answers. I have no more questions left. I'm gonna be honest. I don't believe that. I'm not... I hate to frame it this way. I'm not sure which one of you I'm talking to. I'd really love to know. I'd love to. I'd love to have this conversation under less fraught circumstances, you know? But I remember when I was in there with Adel. Both of you 
looked at me, and I could tell you were curious. That's more questions. What I think... What I think... Is this just hurts less? There is a long pause and you are connected in a way that lets you feel like not confusion exactly, but contemplation? Yeah. Like if you were standing in the same space physically, they would have taken a step back. But then it comes back at you. No. Well, 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 who cares? I have the questions answered that I want answered. Sure, I could ask more things. I don't need to. And so what if it is easier? Aren't we allowed that? Aren't I allowed that? After everything that's been inflicted on us? Our whole lives, my whole life, I have been the tool of somebody else's convenience. Tool to make somebody else's life easier. Why don't I get to take the easy way out? Well, that's a simple answer, though. You do. Like I said, I'm not here to force you to do anything. But... I guess I wouldn't have done this if I didn't think it wasn't what you really want. Because it's not what I want. And that's the fucked up thing. Is I had to be you at some point. And now we're different people. But... The easy option would be would have been never being Roxanne. The easy option would have been never going to California. The easy option would have been turning your back on everything after it hurt. And get it. It's... I, I get the desire to just have everything be gone and not have to worry about it ever again. Like, 
fuck, that sounds so great. I wish so much I could just... I wish I could just not care. But I can't... It's not in my nature to leave Grant to do this. It's... I haven't known Steiner that long. I haven't known Emery or Magpie that long. God, you should see Magpie now. She's gotten so big. And, like, she's always been older than us, but, like... It's really something. And... I can't turn away from all of those people. Mom and Dad and even the, the witches out in the Deadlands, they'd be gone too. And all the people I, that we met in the courts, all the people I've met in the courts too, I don't imagine they'd stay, they'd be able to stay behind. And it's just like, When this is all over and you finally have the chance to make the life you want, there's not going to be anything left to make a life with. It's just going to be you and her and whatever they leave behind. Everything that you made in spite of everything is gone. And God, yes, you deserve easy. If I could give you easy, I would. But I don't think this is the easy you want. I don't think you won't regret this or I wouldn't be here. So... What do you really want? Do you want easy? Or do you want help? Because I can give you help. But I can't give you easy. I want... I want easy. I want to stop having questions like these posed to me. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I... If I do this, if I go through this and I win, then yeah, I'll. I'll lose everything. But that means that whatever comes next is what I choose to make come next. Maybe I don't get to choose where I start, but I'll finally have the chance to choose 
anything else. And what'll I do otherwise? I listen to you what happens to me. You think he doesn't find out immediately? You think he doesn't cut me down before you even get here? Maybe he waits. Maybe he waits till you all show up and I'm what gets the fight started. There's no good ending for me. There's never been a good ending for Roxanne Harrison. But at least this way I can choose what the bad ending looks like. You know what, Roxanne? You're right. <laughs> I don't think anyone tells you that enough. But you're right. I can't make you make this decision right now. So, you know what? You can stick to your convictions. And you've got time to think about it. When we see each other face to face, I'm going to give you proof that there is a way out for us. Because like I said, I can't force you. I don't want to force you. I don't want to force me. I don't want to force you. I don't want to force her to do any of this, but I'm going to find proof that there is future for all three of us. And when that moment comes, then that's the only time I'll expect a choice at it. All right. Can I, which, which one are you? Which color are you, which that I'm talking to? You're still Roxanne, but on the outside. The one with the blue glow. Got it. Well, you know what? I'm really glad we had this conversation. And I really hope that, you know, on the day that we have to do this, that I can show you that you can make your own future. Because you know what? Even if everything's changed, even if we are fundamentally different just from having been separated, you are still just as capable as me of making your own future. I've made my own future. 
and I'll show you you can too. All right. I'll be waiting then. I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you, Roxanne. And I, I don't know, I take my hands off of the orb. Yep. Oh, God. Was I talking out loud? Agnes isn't here. Oh. Did Agnes, is Agnes back at looking at my, like, self then? Or what's going on? Okay, so it's... No, Agnes isn't looking at yourself. Somebody else is, though. Is Adel here? Adel's here. Yeah, as expected. Standing in front of yourself, hands behind their back, just kind of studying. I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect to see you again so soon. The feeling is... mutual. Did you need to say something to me? No. No, not at all. I was... simply admiring... the end result of a project thousands of years in the making. Well, I hope it was enlightening. Highly. There is one small correction. They reach out, out to the side of yourself, not directly into it, and they grasp around something, and then materializing in their hand, stretching out from yourself into the opposite plane of other selves is a thin white cord. Can I tell whose cord it is? It's the other fragments. Yeah, I thought it might be. So, you're here to disconnect me? Like an angry parent storming into my room to unplug my telephone and take it away. Simply do not want you getting any more untoward ideas in your head about the things that belong to me. You've already taken. She doesn't belong to you. Neither of them do. Hmm. Well. Retracted, then. But regardless. Let's just call this... How do you all put it? A down payment. On bridging the gap of... What you've taken from me and what I've taken from you. And there's a jerk. And you you can feel it the moment the, co the cord disconnects from yourself. And it 
pops and sizzles from one end, races up to the other end, like a rope full of gunpowder. Fine. Fine, then. Are you done? No. Here, yes. But I am not nearly done with you. Well, then, I'll see you again, Adel. He just turns 90 degrees and walks and slowly fades till he's just not present anymore. It's fine. Ah. I don't know how to get out of myself, but, uh... I do the reverse of what I did before. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about it. Just fucking sit crisscross applesauce on the floor that doesn't quite exist and force your consciousness outward. And then I immediately like, oh, Agnes is probably going to be very, is probably very worried. She probably got kicked out. No, she seems fine. Oh. Seems to just be chatting with Phoebe. But she does immediately notice when you come out and she excuses herself from the conversation. She looks a little bit apologetic as she pulls up. I'm real sorry, but that got real intimate and personal real fast, and I got really uncomfortable really quickly, and I just didn't want to be there. And you know what? I appreciate you respecting my privacy. Everything go okay? Uh, in some ways, yes. In other ways, no. It's not concrete, but I have... <sighs> Maybe I laid the artwork for something. Okay. Glad I could help then. Mm -hmm. No, I really appreciate it. You've been a big help today. Mm-hmm. And... I don't see myself going anywhere anytime soon. If you need any more help, just come ask. I might. Um. I might. I've got to go get going. I just, uh, made a promise to a friend that I'd work on something for them. Okay. Hackness gives you a hug. Oh. Is everything okay? I'm kind of good at reading people. Should be asking you that. Yeah, I think I'm actually okay. Well, I have no choice but to believe you. <laughs> yeah. I could technically get in there and pull the information out of you, but that's rude and I don't like doing it. Yeah, I appreciate you not invading my privacy. But... Yeah, no, I'm... I'm good. I stuck to my guns. I did what I... I didn't do what I came here to do. I did 
did what I decided to do once I got here. So, so everything's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you back in a little while. I'm probably going to be, like, really busy for a little while. Yeah, Margaret's kind of half told us what's coming. You know, she hides things so we don't all worry, and then those of us who can tell get even more worried, but something bad's going to happen soon, and it involves you, and I really hope you're going to be okay. Please, I'm indestructible. You're definitely not. Okay, well, I'm not indestructible, but I always put myself back together again. Okay, that's partially true. Okay, okay, if you're gonna nitpick. Maybe I won't be fine. But I think everything will turn out for the best. And I'm gonna do my best. And that's all I can do about it. So, I'll see you when I get back. Alright. I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna turn and dip out of the Deadlands. So, Grant Harrison. Yes. Before you got called away to track down the capital S, capital G, some guy to get his blood. You had expressed the desire to work on a specific project in preparation for Doomsday. Maybe let's get back to that. Yeah. Uh, so what I imagine is like, because Amalia, like, I, I don't want to assume anything about Amalia's like magical ability, but I... I would think that she would try and help with that sort of thing. And basically what I'm trying to do is study my sword, find out the magical stuff going on with it, and like try and like recreate it in like little paintballs so that way you can like spread them like oils over weapons. Okay. And exactly what effect are you trying to replicate? I'm trying to replicate as many as I can. Um, I would assume Steiner would have told us about the healing thing, so worst comes to worst, we can ditch life drain in favor of just having healing syringes, but essentially the the most important one is just adding more damage uh, because everyone could use that on their weapons. The next important oh, one is... Except for Steiner himself. Yes. Um, extend the range of a melee weapon from hand to close, and then distant third life drain. Okay, okay. So, I feel like I want to start with a weird roll, just to like, get a baseline of where you're at. Okay. Seven. Seven. All right. So here's where you're at right now, is you've kind of figured out how you might replicate certain effects. You really don't have the first fucking clue about 
putting them into oils that you could apply to transfer those. Like, if you had six hours, you could sit down and temporarily place an enchantment on a weapon. One at a time. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. So, the actual act of, like, magic paint is beyond you, and that's not at all Amalia's field either. I do know someone whose field that is, though. Do you? Uh, Groovy. Groovy. That's exceptionally groovy. But whose field, or who's the person who knows about it? Oh, I was, that was, that was my answer to group, that, that was my joke. Answer. Oh, okay. And what's on second? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know it's on third. But yes, Groovy, member of the Border Cal team. You can go look them up. Maybe consult them. Yeah. I wonder if it would be possible for someone who does currently know me to come with me so that it's not entirely super weird that somebody that they don't remember is just visiting out of the blue being like, hey, can you help me with paint magic? Well, Emery's kind of busy and Magpie is presently engaged with some winter court shenanigans. But Emery can make a phone call. Alright, sure, yeah. So, I guess, hop on a train, I guess, would probably be the most sane option. Very much be the most sane option. Okay. Yeah, hop on a train and head to Border Cal. Yeah, you can hop on the Metrolink, ride it down from LA Union Station to San Diego. And then I guess from there, I remember where their safe house slash home base uh, is and take a taxi or Uber there. Yep, yep, yep. Just take a taxi. Yeah. And it is, as it was before, a apartment complex. Not like the one that Las Estrellas is based out of. It's more modern, I guess I want to say. Framier. It doesn't. Yes. It's. It's not like a solid, like chunk of concrete building. It's more artfully designed. And you do know which apartment the headquarters is in, because you know you know from the last time that you were here to hunt Morton that they like bought out effectively three whole floors of this building and live and work kind of spread out between them. But you know the main one where Dietrich lives. Yeah, I'll, I'll go there and knock. And it is Dietrich who opens the door, but he looks different now. He's still got, like, high-key himbo energy. He's still, like, seven foot three, 
jacked and kind of ridiculously handsome. But also, he... He looks kind of patchwork. Just in the moments when you open the door, you notice that there's bits of him that are incongruous. There's parts of him that are, like, wrapped up in a bright white cloth. There's bits of him that seem to be dripping on the floor as he steps more into the doorframe to, like, actually greet you. His right leg kind of clanks and jangles a little bit. Hmm. I'm not going to ask what happened, because that seems extremely rude. So I'm just going to say hello. Uh, hello. I have already forgotten your name, but Emery told me someone was coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's the side effect of the whole thing we're doing down there. Uh, where's... I, I need to speak with Groovy. Oh, okay. Groovy's one floor up for it's room 308. This is where their main studio is. Alright. Thanks. Yeah, uh, like, Grant, like, once, once Grant turns away, he thinks for a second, asking, like, hey, what happened? But then decides once again, no, that's weird. They'll probably explain what's going on in a couple days anyway. Just be patient, I guess. And then head on up. <laughs> yep. So you can take the stairs up to the next floor, get to room 308, knock on it a couple of times, and the door doesn't open immediately, but something kind of slips out from underneath. Something inky, something real dark and fluid, and it lifts up off the ground and points itself at you. I wave. <laughs> and then it slithers back under the door, and the door opens, and well, you recognize Groovy's silhouette, and it still looks like them. They're they're human-sized and they're human-shaped still, but the simplest way to put it, it looks like they are entirely made out of ink now. And the inks are all the correct color. The parts of their body that would be their arms and their face and their feet are still the like toasty tanned skin of somebody who's out in the sun all the time. Their hair is still that slightly lightish brown. They still have big, simple baggy pants and a simple baggy tank top, and there's still a beard that's knotted and braided up near the end, but all of it is just made out of Shifting, swimming, flowing ink. Again, it would seem extremely rude to open up with what the hell happened to you. So I will just say, Hi, I'm Grant. Uh, you 
don't remember me, but we did get high with each other once. Oh, brother, that's heartbreaking to hear. Uh, it's a. I don't side... remember one of my buddies like that. Well, it's it's not your fault. And it's Groovy's voice, but it's off. The pitch is kind of sinusoidal. Sometimes it's higher pitch than it should be. Sometimes it's lower. Sometimes the voice seems to like stutter and then pop, like it got caught in a bubble in their throat. That's that's really cool and interesting, and I can't wait to hear what the hell happened to them. But uh, but I'll go. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't worry. It's just the whole thing that I had to do. It looks like there's a whole thing that you had to do. So. Oh, we've been all kinds of things we had to do. Yeah, well, gotta get ready for the end of the world somehow, right? Oh, I am not looking forward to that. No, no, neither am I. Um, I think that guy just needs a nap, man. I think he's been napping for a couple thousand years, and this is the world's most... Frankie post nap pissy fit. But it ain't been good sleep, you know? It's, it's nightmare. And he like steps out of the doorway so you can come in. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk in. Mean brother's been having nightmares up there, something fierce. Yeah, but, um. I'm not gonna let that stop me. Oh, alright, alright, brother. Yeah, I, yeah, we gotta, we we gotta get off. Alright, so. I know that not everybody in the conglomerate is going to have a weapon that's magical and, you know, maybe there's other people who will be joining us at some point that might not have magical weapons. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to infuse this and I pull out my sword from my pen and make it grow to the uh, to the normal size. I'm like, try, there's some magical qualities of this sword that I'm trying to put into, like, an oil or a lotion or something so that way we can like smear it on people's weapons so that way they can have like magical abilities that I don't have to spend six hours sitting down and enchanting beforehand. Mm. Alright, alright. Let me see. Let me see. Give it here. Alright, I will float the sword over to him. And they'll grab it by the handle and push it into their chest, like, vertically. They're, it's, it's not like they're stabbing themselves. It's right, no, I, I, I get it. Putting I get the whole doing. thing inside. And their paintbrush eyebrows kind of, like, one at a time, one up, one down, the other one up, the other one down, like, back and forth. Real, it's almost cartoonish how expressively <laughs> thinky they're being. And at one point, they, like, stroke their beard and their whole face elongates a couple of inches. Yeah. I think we can do this. I think we can make this happen. Alright, um, I was thinking, like, paintball pellets to store them in, so, uh, Brant takes off- That's a little bit small. Because, see, like, 
Like it's volumetric, you know? The more high power it is, the more you gotta use. So something that tiny, that, that might be a little bit small. But so what are you thinking? But, 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 I'm real good with paints, as you can maybe guess. I think, no doubt. I think, I think, I think, if you pop those balls over here to me, I can maybe mix some of them together, make them just a bit bigger, get them the right size. Glad I bought the, the... I've only been paintballing once and I hated it. Uh, the big, the bigger ones, not the smaller ones. So, uh, he brings it, the, uh, the backpack over to them and just like dumps out a bunch of empty paintball balls. They, they don't bend to pick them up off the ground. Their arm just kind of extends. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming. and retracts. <laughs> and then they jigger with the cap, pop it off, and just pour all the paintballs into their mouth. <laughs> Chew it for a while like a big cartoonish gumball. And then just like every couple of seconds for the next 10 minutes or so, they spit out a paintball that's like three times the size of a regular paintball. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, I was expecting them to blow it like bubblegum. Yes, <laughs> that was what I was expecting, but I'm glad that uh, they're not doing it that way. So it takes a bit. I don't know what you get up to while they're just kind of placidly standing in the middle of the room chewing on raw paintballs and spitting out paintball <laughs> exercise. Um. I don't want to go too far away because I don't want them to forget about me while they're doing this. Uh, so, I guess just hang around in their apartment for a little while. That's fair. You can tool around. Dietrich did call this Groovy's main studio, and it is a studio. Groovy has obviously been painting up here, and they're very expressive pieces. And I hope you're not reading even the slightest drop of sarcasm into what I just said, because there isn't. No, it's no, I wasn't reading any It's all very emotional pieces that Groovy has up on easels right now. Some of them are frightening, some of them are disgusting. But also there are ones that are happy, or peaceful, or just... So on a couple of them you get a sense of just being glad to be alive. There's one that the longer you stare at it, the more emotions pour out of it. There's a, a relief that comes after protracted desperation. Yeah, I've had hunts like that. I get the feeling they paint a new piece after basically every hunt. But eventually, you do have a collection of extra-sized paintballs. 
All right. So, um, what I'm thinking is in order of importance with what I've got with my sword is extra oomph, just hit harder, hit faster, uh, just do more damage. Then after that, it's making melee weapons not making melee weapons just float in the, air, in the air next to their users mentally. And then distant third, uh, the, the life draining thing, we've got a guy down or rather up in our area making like, I don't know, EpiPen potions? It's weird. It's a whole thing. Oh, that sounds groovy. Alright, so All right. how do we do All this? Right. Well, let me think here. Let me think here for just a second, brother. Because I know, I know everybody in this great, big, wonderful family pretty all right. And I'm trying to think of who might get, be getting some use out of all that. Because, like, like D-Man downstairs, he likes to hold his weapons, you know? You've seen his sword, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the sword. Yeah, he likes to hold that. He ain't gonna like that. Oh, and I think Little D up top. No, she likes to touch her stuff too. Oh. But, but, but Miss Honeybee. Yes, yes, yes. She'd like to put her knives down. She could get some use out of that. Okay. We might be able to do that. We probably make less of that. I don't know how many people are going to get good with that. And like Lita likes to use her guns. No, no point having those things floating around. But, but making them, making them hit hard. I think that's something everybody can. That that's some love everybody could get behind. All right, all right. So. So let's set up a little daisy chain here, brother. You are gonna get those good vibes out of your sword there, and you're gonna hand them off to me. I am gonna put them into these. That jive? Yeah, sounds good. Groovy. <laughs> I missed him, like it, it, both in and out of character. <laughs> I missed Groovy. I missed them so much. <laughs> So, Grant Harrison, mm -hmm. how's about you give me another weird roll? Maybe make it a good one this time. <laughs> Is this one that I can get my uh, arm bonus on? You know what? Because you are effectively pre-casting Enchant a Weapon, which is a used magic effect, I'll allow it. Alright. Not that I needed it, I rolled box cards. Not that you fucking needed it with that 16. <laughs> okay. So, with a fucking advanced effect here, you are definitely going to be able to make as much and, and I'm gonna like abstract this, I'm not gonna hit hard numbers here. You right. are gonna be able to make as many deal one more damage capsules as you need. 
so maybe a, even a couple like definitely one for everyone because like they said everybody could use a little hitting a little harder and maybe a couple extras just in case extra people show up no no i'm i'm counting that in i mean oh, like oh. narratively oh. as many as you need okay so like literally everybody who shows up gets one got it yes and then i'll also say that you can get as many close range enchantments as you will need mostly because not everybody's going to want them yes and there will be certain restrictions to this like steiner's ultra sword is built into his arm so you can't really give it a projectile tag right like i was i was kind of thinking that like it was going to not be able to use used on mad swords and weapons and stuff that are already like sort of magical in nature anyway that it would interfere with it too much but for the people who don't have magical weapons this is going to be great yeah so hey good job you did it hooray what now <sighs> I mean I'm assuming by the time we're done with this uh, it is kind of late so, Grant will ask Groovy, Hey, do you mind if I crash here for the night? It's, uh, it's getting kind of late and, you know, I don't want to have to basically hit home and then immediately just have to get back up. You're not going to want to sleep in here, though. You're going to go from sleeping to sleeping with a big S on account of the fumes in here. Which don't bother me none any, but it'll cause problems for you if you sleep in, in this house. We got extra rooms, though. We can put you up in if you want it. Uh, sounds good as long as nobody freaks out about the fact that the guy that they won't remember after he leaves the room is sleeping in a room that is empty. Oh, I got you there, brother. He goes over and he picks up a blank easel, and they just kind of rub their hand over it, and the text, We got a raven sleeping in this room, forms on the easel. Just, uh, they hand you the easel, they hand you a nail and a hammer. Put that up. All right. Thanks. Um, okay, I've, I've got to ask, what what happened? Like, what what happened that had the whole, this whole thing happen? Oh, it was real bad, brother. It was real bad. So, so, it was this spooky little critter from Deadlands Ways. Walked like a dog, except when it wanted to walk like a dude. And if it could sneak up behind you, it could just reach inside and pull out all the bits that made you you. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got... 
It got all of us but the D-Man. And, uh, well, we, uh, we weren't so keen on just, you know, shuffling off, being done with it, so we had to put all the bits that made us us somewhere else. And we all picked the things that we liked the best. So, you know, Jackie's a big old cloud of smoke right now. Lee does a big old pile of nuts and bolts, what walks around like a lady. Benny, Benny just jumped into his clothes, just jumped right back into them. And, uh, well, I jumped into my pots. And, uh, of course, while we were getting ourselves situated, this nasty little beastie was going to town on our boss man. Chopped up our boss man real bad. We ain't so good at fixing that kind of thing, so we did a little patch job. So he's a little bit of all of us right now. We, uh, we got our bodies on cold storage. We're figuring we're going to be able to make that happen eventually. But we got bigger things to worry about right now. So that's a later kind of problem. Honestly, I could potentially help with that, maybe? I'm, I'm learning some weird kind of magic that might actually help with that. But I kind of want to learn a little bit more about it, because if I screw up, I will irreversibly change someone's personality. It's the easiest way to put it. Oh. That sounds real scary. It, yeah, it's it's a little frightening, but uh, like I said, I'm not going to try doing that on other people until I'm more practiced in it. I literally just started like a couple weeks ago. Well, we'll take all the help what we can get. I mean, I don't mind over much being like this, but... Miss the taste of cheeseburgers. You know what? That is extremely fair. Alright, so Grant will take his easel and hammer nail go claim a room and pass out, I guess. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, that's where we are calling it. Alright. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's I'm gonna roll my my put my free session. No, stuff. you're not. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's the one time I finally remember at the end of one of these and oh, it's like well. no. <laughs> no. Nobody's rolling any of their pre-game shit because things are going to be different because we are starting the end game next time, listeners and players. Oh so everyone that isn't cat, like everyone yeah. in the entire world that isn't cat. <laughs> well, I don't need to announce it to myself. I already knew. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a lot a bit nervous, because this is going to be the culmination of a campaign two years in the running. 
I mean, to be fair, I was extremely nervous when I was finishing up uh, Baltimore because that was honestly the first campaign that I've ever written that I had finished. So I, I, I'm there with you. I understand. Yeah. And we are going to start it with things getting a little bit wild right off the bat. I'll look forward to that. I am, and I will. <laughs> yeah. So, but before we get to that point, I did have a couple of failed rolls today. I don't suppose anybody leveled on them. Nope. I'm very close, but no. Okay. Well, you will just have to scrounge up those last few points elsewhere. But, until such a time as we reach there... Thank you, folks at home, for getting this far with us. It's been a very long road, and the finish line is in sight. Don't have very much longer to go now. Not to say I'm going to make it easy, though. Of course. Dang it. Here I hope you're going to hand us our happy endings. Uh, yeah, no, you, uh, pull out all nine of the knives, Adel says, oh, I don't like the number nine, I need a number ten, somebody come over here so I can cut you, and then you all sit around and have a tea party while the knife gets forged, and then Adel's yeah. just like, actually, I'm kind of done. That tea I'm party was really the last thing that I needed to, like, feel uh, complete, That was so... on my bucket list, that was on my bucket list, thank you, know, you so much. You know, I thought about it, and, like, um... I, the world is cool, actually. You have no, corn I'm being dogs. kind of a jerk. I'm gonna settle for like two dudes. You can pick them. It's cool. <laughs> like I realize that I'm being a little disproportionate here. Honestly, being locked up, all of this hom homicidal depression has just become suicidal depression. Listen, I've heard a lot about tacos. <laughs> I, if we can bring me like a taco, we'll just call it good. Look, if we let the run, if we let the timer run out, I promise I won't destroy anything, as long as you all will promise to like escort me around a county fair. I am so <laughs> curious about county fairs. I want to ride the Ferris wheel. So I heard about this thing called Homestuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, my dude. That's not going to be done for another four years. Well, now, now, Tuesday is just delayed until 2016. You have to see how it ends. <laughs> <sighs> what the fuck is this ending? I don't understand. The chronology is all weird. Do they actually kill Caliborn? What? <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, friend, in a few years, they will write epilogues where they explain everything and also make everything awful again. <laughs> but it was already awful. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, if you had to guess, what would you say my class spec is? <laughs> <laughs> Lord of Doom. Let's be real here. Fair enough. Uh, Good night. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm.